and welcome into Philly versus the world. I'm Drew Bishop alongside John Franco Iliano for the first segment of our two segment podcast this week. I'll be with John for the first segment, then we'll move over to Christopher Kofsky and myself for some betting lines. But first and foremost, John, this is the first Philly versus the world podcast of 2021. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Anything? Anything sweet? Do you even buy into New Year's resolutions? I don't know. The listeners, I'm sure, are curious as to, you know, what new new year, new you is going to show up in the podcast today. Uh, I mean, just by looking at me, I think you could look at the new year, new me. Right. I mean, look at this terrific hair I got. <laughs> it's terrific. It's tremendous. Good thing this is a podcast so no one can see your hair. Exactly. It's tremendous. I mean, look at it. It's tremendous. You know, we already know what it is. It's wild card weekend. Black Monday just passed. You know, a lot of coaching openings and uh, a lot of games to be discussed. So so let's start off. I want to just get a a wild card Q&A with you, Josh. I got six questions. You just call me Josh. Josh? I did. Your name is John, not Josh. John, I have six questions for six games for you. Saturday and Sunday. Let's start off. Bill's Colts, right? Mm. Colts, good defense, underdog team. They're seven-point underdogs against the Bills. Frank Reich, obviously. We're looking at a, a good defense, a really solid, respectable running game. They've had solid wins over great opponents, Titans, Packers. You know, they've, sh- they've proven themselves. But this Bills team looks kind of hot. So I'll ask you this, John. Yes. Even with all these in- things into consideration, uh, are the Colts destined to just have another Chargers season? With Philip Rivers at the oh, helm, lose to the Red Hot Bills on Saturday. Uh, I think yeah, I, I think so. I think the Bills are going to win that game. They're just more energized. They're playing a lot better than the Colts right now. And you know me, I am not, and I repeat, not a fan of Philip Rivers. Give me the Bills all day. I mean, they're home, right? I know there's no yeah, fans. Yeah. Uh, but that game more matters more to the Buffalo Bills than the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts right now are just happy to be there. You would think it'd be the opposite, given the experience with Phillip Rivers and then the lack of experience with the Bills. But I think the Bills and Sean McDermott, more specifically, are on a mission to do some damage in the playoffs. Because, you know, I mean, they haven't been good in our entire lives, Drew. Like, I'm 24, you're 21, 22. Yeah. Right. So they haven't been good since 1996 or something. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time for them to be a team that starts 2021 on a high note. And I, I, it just comes down to the quarterbacks for me. Phil Rivers sucks. I, I don't know how he got paid to, to play football this year, but mm-hmm. giving the bills 38, 21. Oh, wow. So you're going to, you're going to see a blot. See, cause it's yeah. hard to pick against. That's why I come up with this question first is we're looking at kind of like a, a, a rock and a hard place situation, you know, in almost any other matchup, you look at the Colts and you say, you know, excellent defense. And I think that they've done a good job at, at creating an identity behind that run game. Obviously mm-hmm. we've seen, you know, they're the different runners they're able to put forward uh, right. each and every week in different sets and keep it kind of out of Phillip Rivers, hands. So I, I say that with the idea of like, is there a potential route where Frank Reich comes in he outcoaches Doug McDermott, right? And the Colts can win this ball game. It's hard to pick against the Bills, right? 56 points Absolutely. last game of the year against the Dolphins. You know, they're coming in. John Brown's back. Their offense is hot. But, I mean, I mean, can you give the Colts, like, any? Is there one out of ten universes where the Colts 
rallied together their defense, stiff the Bills to 24 points, and they're able to win this ball game. Is that possible? Or are you completely just ruling this out? Because they put this at they put this at the 1 p.m. slot on Saturday. Like I thought that was kind of weird, right? You put the usually the most undesirable game you kind of put at, at the 1 p.m. slot. I, I would have put Washington Tampa Bay here and maybe had Colts Bills because I feel like these are better teams, right? Uh yes, but the Tom Brady just you know takes over ratings like crazy. And that's why he's in the night game. Uh, Buffalo Bills, they're in the smallest market in the NFL besides Green Bay and New Orleans. So that's why they're there. Colts, there's just not much excitement with the Colts. Philip Rivers, what do they always talk about with Philip Rivers? Oh, he's a father of nine kids. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that. You could have that at one o'clock on a Saturday while I'm at work. I don't care. Um, but in terms of the Colts trying to win, the only way I can see them winning is shortening the field, shortening the game. And one way of doing that is by playing very good defense and running the ball, kill the clock, take the Bills offense off the field. And the Colts have the potential to do that. And Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, right? Uh, But I don't think they'll make that the focal point. I mean, they should. I think Frank Reich's a great coach. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a great time. I mean, I mean, I don't don't want to talk about that yet. Sorry. Um, But... I think that's what they should do against the Bills. You know, shorten the field, take Josh Allen off the field. Because whenever he's on the field, they're more likely than not going to score. Uh-huh. And it's a completely new identity for the Bills. I mean, even, I mean, we're talking about their success. They, they had been touching the playoffs the past couple of years, but they were mostly just a defensive team. And now we're looking at them, you know, with the addition of Stefan Diggs, their defense is even looking top 10. So I, I got to agree with you here. It looks like the Colts might just have another Chargers season, an excellent season, good defensive season with a, a solid offensive attack, great team, and then they just meet a team in the wild card round and, and bust it. Seems like a classic right. Phillip Rivers season. All right, let's move on to the second game, the second question, John. It's Rams-Seahawks. It's 4-15. I believe it's on Fox. And this game, I would say, like <laughs> – Five to seven weeks ago, John, I'm all in on this game, right? I'm super zoned in. These teams are playing hot ball. You know, NFC West, a great division with, Mm. honestly, I mean, the Cardinals aren't in it anymore, but there were three great teams. But now I look at this matchup like it should be at the 1 p.m. slot. This matchup is disgusting. Don't even know if Jared Goff's going to play. Don't even really care because either way, the Rams aren't, aren't offensively great. They're offensively predictable, and their, their quarterback is going to be subpar. So I ask you this, why should I care about Rams versus Seahawks? They both have ugly, ugly play styles. They're both bad teams. The last game they played ended 20 to nine. Give me a reason why I should give a fuck about these two teams at 415 on Saturday. Damn, I was hoping you would give me a reason to give a fuck about this. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I, honestly, it's playoff football. So that's what you should care about. And it's a division rival type game, right? So that's always exciting to watch. But if Jared Goff is not even playing, Jared Goff does I mean he doesn't even excite me when he is playing. So imagine when he's not even on the field and then some guy named John, I don't even know his last Wolford? name, Wolford. John sounds like my accountant. <laughs> but uh John Wolford, right? He I mean, yeah, he he has some legs to him, right? Uh, he looks like he could run, but he, he's just not the he's not a good thrower of the football. I mean, without that pick six by Troy Hill on the Rams this past Sunday, the Rams just barely win that game, mm-hmm. right? The score was 18 to six or something like that. Yeah, 18 right? to seven. 18 to seven. 
Yeah, that's it's a very close game, even though it was two possessions. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, I think Seahawks, I think they're going to win the game, especially if Jared Goff doesn't play. But if Jared Goff does play and he's good and he's back from being from sticking his thumb up his ass or whatever, um, I think it should be all right. I, th- I think it should be a game that's watchable. I mean, Sean McVay and Pete Carroll, them going up one another is always a fun matchup, right? That chess match is always entertaining. And who's to say that the Rams defense right now in the playoffs has to carry the offense rather in previous years, the offense has carried the defense and now it's completely switched, right? Even the defensive coordinator for the Rams, coach Stanley, I forget his first name might be Ta. Um, I don't know, but it's, I know it's last name is Stanley. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a head coaching candidate. So, you know, he's got a lot of pressure heading into this game. If he does find a way to stop Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, I mean, I think there's a really good shot. He get a, he gets a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. So watch out for that. That's a storyline. Uh, I'd be excited to tune in for that game for. And then how about let's just see if Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, that nice trio that the Seahawks have carries them in the playoffs because yeah, they were fun to watch in the regular season, but now it's playoff time. DK Metcalf. I'm calling him baby T.O. All right. I mean, painting his hair purple and yellow. Maybe I'm just a a baby boomer junior or something, but come on, bro. You're in the NFL. Act like it. Stop working on your brand. Your brand should be on the field. Stop trying to be the next T.O. I think the drama with DK Metcalf is going to come very soon, right? Mm -hmm. He's not a big Want to be a crybaby yet? Just yet. But watch. When the Seahawks lose in the playoffs, he's going to bitch and cry and moan about that he didn't get the ball enough. Watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So that's something to look out for. And Russell, and let's just go back to Russell real quick. He's fun to watch, man. But hey, hey, can, we, can I interject here and ask, what is the situation with the night and day of the Seahawks offense? We looked at them first half of the year as a team that's just going to outscore everyone, right? But now here we are at the end of the year, and they struggle to put up points every single game, right? They're relying more on Jamal Adams and the defense at this point. Right. Why is that occurring? That's a good question. Hmm. Well, maybe it's because I think Jamal Adams is finally filling in that role that he had with the Jets where, you know, now players are like, okay, shit, I understand why we gave up two first-round picks for this guy. And now Jamal Adams has taken up that leadership role where even the defense has – even come together and said, all right, we got to do our part. Jamal is doing his part. Let's carry this team. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. And, and this is why I say like, it, it's a boring game. Like why? Like this is a tough sell for me. You're is, not going to watch the game. No, I, I mean, I might, I, I, but I think it's the most unsavory game of the weekend for me. If I'm being totally honest with you, it's Bruh. just, it's just not good. You look at the Seahawks last, you know, like they played the jets, right. And they blew out the jets 40 to three. But if you look at their other five out of their last six games, put up 23, 12, 20, 20, 26. Like none of those to me, and the 26 is against the Niners. Like the Cowboys put up 41 against the Niners. I'm not even convinced that their defense is anywhere close to what it was last season. The Seahawks have just not looked like they had an identity. I haven't really watched a lot of Seahawks ball the last few weeks due to that fact, due to the fact that even though they have these studs, they got Metcalf on one side and Lockett on the other. It seems like they can't coexist right now, right? Beginning of the year was like Wilson MVP. You know, Tyler Lockett was having these three TD type games. And mm-hmm. then Metcalf comes in and he shows up, you know, in other situations. And you, you have this good mesh. 
Now it seems like they can't coexist. Now it seems like Russ isn't cooking. The running game isn't going the same. But on the other side of things, Jamal Adams makes the world a difference. And now the Seahawks are this defensive team. I don't know. Beginning of the year, I said, listen, Seahawks, they got the championship pedigree. They have, you know, they have the cojones, as you would say, John. I think, yep. you know, I like Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson to, to make a stab in the NFC, even with a bad defense. But now I'm just all over the place on what this team is. I mean, they played the Rams and they only put up 20 against them, 20 to nine. Like, in my opinion, this offense on paper is better than what it's putting forward. And it should be able to overcome the Rams defense. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick the Rams in a, in another like losing game, like another, like a 17 to 10 game. It's just not going to be a fun football game. It's going to be a played in between the 30 yard lines of each team. And I don't know, that's a little unsavory for me personally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. But despite that, right. So the Rams defense is playing well and Uh the Seahawks offense is not that's going to be fun to watch as well because you got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey back there. I mentioned that defense coordinator for the Rams. I think that's going to be a fun chess match within itself, right? Brian Schottenheimer against the Rams defense. That should be fun. I mean, what if the Rams do win this game 17 to 16 on a last second field goal? Yeah. Very low scoring. That's the thing. I think this game is going to be very low scoring. But do you think either of these teams – um, if they win, have a chance to to challenge in the NFC. Do we think either of these teams have have a shot if they advance? Because a few weeks ago, I would have said yes, but I now said yes. yeah, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm a little less confident that like the Packers would whoop either of these teams in, in a conference championship. Right? You know what? I'm going to go yeah with the Seahawks because it, it, it is playoff time. You don't know. I mean, sometimes teams just don't turn it on until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think the Seahawks might be one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I love the Rams defense, but yeah, how their offenses are playing when you get pressure on Goff or even Wolford, uh, it can get a little ugly. So yes, I agree with you there. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll watch that game, but let's move on to the Saturday evening game featuring the NFC East representative, the Washington football team. They won a close battle, a hard fought battle against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night to advance to the playoffs and they're facing who else but Tampa Bay down there Tom Brady in his first year at Tampa Bay John I mean you obviously know it we've seen Tampa Bay the past few weeks they've been beating up on bad teams right bad teams they've been showing off their offense it's a shiny toy you know we know they've struggled against better teams earlier but they they clearly have a, a good offensive momentum going into this playoff game so I'll ask you does Washington have a shot does this defense have a shot? Because from what I see from their, their offense is putrid. I, I have no faith in it. Does the defense, is there a situation where Chase Young, Monte Sweat, that front four is getting after Tom? Because the, they, the Bucks have not played well against teams that really challenge them. So you say, no, no shot in, in L. No shot. No. Tampa Bay wins by two touchdowns. That's what you're saying? Three. Three? Yeah. It's going to be that bad. You, don't, you have no confidence in that defense? Against Tom they beat, Brady? They played against well that against offense? Steelers. They played well against the Steelers? The Steelers suck! Yeah, all right. I mean, that's fair. I, it was tough to come up with a they question. Lost to the, the Bengals! Yeah. To the fucking Bengals! Are you kidding me? And am I on double explicit for Spotify yet? <laughs> you started it. First Good. 10 minutes, you got on double explicit. Good. I don't Good. know. I mean, it seems very, you know, like, I, I'm going to present this just as, like, why it's here is that the, I, I, you got to give the Washington football team some type of credit. Some type of, of, because they have shown that they're a real 
a, a football caliber team when Alex Smith is under is under center. Like sure. the, game, the games that they have shown, you know, putrid performances have been with Haskins, you know, Kyle Allen, what have you. But if they have Smith under center, he's able to finish games for them, and they they're able to to win solid games. I, I don't know. It's obviously the reason why they're like seven and a half underdogs. They don't have much of a shot. I, That's I, it. That they're only seven and a half. Yeah, they're only seven and a half. At least the last time I checked on the books. So I mean, that's kind of oh low. Oh my god! They're saying, but that's what I'm saying is that the Bucks have played well against bad teams, against bad defenses. But they're going to face their best defense that they've faced since like the Rams week, like six weeks ago, right? Like things could be different if Mike Evans isn't on the I was field. Say, if Mike Evans is not playing, but I think he will play because it's only in hyper extension. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, listen. Uh, if I had to pick a score. Give me 28 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like as much as like, I want to say like Washington has a chance, like that's, that sounds realistic, right? sounds like they're not going to put up much on the board. The bucks, like this is what I think. I think the bucks will struggle a little bit. There'll be a lot of drives where Washington's able to contain them. But I think that score indicates, you know, how the result will be. It'll just be the offense of Washington will be unable to move the ball and match points with, with the bucks. And in the end, that's going to be the difference. So Right. Uh, all right, let's move on. The Sunday games, the 1 p.m. slate. I like the Sunday slate a little bit more than the Saturday. Oh, yeah. They did this on purpose. Yeah, they definitely did it on purpose. Sunday, 1 p.m., we got a great starter rematch of last year's playoff matchup, Titans and Ravens. John, Ravens have won five in a row, albeit a few nasty kind of eh, teams in the process, but they've played well. They have the momentum. They're not a team you want to face at this point in the year, but we all know what happened last year when a hot Ravens team met the Tennessee Titans. So I'll ask you again, are we getting deja vu? Is King Henry going to run all over Baltimore for the second straight year and win this game? Cause it kind of seems like while these teams are slightly different off season, off season, this is about the same matchup that we got last season. And it seems like both teams are going to kind of ride with their identities. Do you think Derrick Henry is going to match last year's performances and the Titans will win? No, I think actually Lamar Jackson runs all over the Titans for a win. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens because listen to this, ready? Sometimes you, when picking a game in the playoffs, you have to go with what storyline would happen if a certain result occurred, right? So check this out. If the Ravens lose, right, that means Lamar Jackson is 0-3 in his career. 0-3, an MVP, a guy like Lamar Jackson. You can't be 0-3 to start out your career. I know Peyton Manning started out his career 0-3 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But that's different now. He doesn't live in 2021 media, <laughs> right? Back then, they didn't even have MySpace to talk about this, all right? So if you're Derrick Henry, you did what you had to do. You got your 2,000 yards, right? You got that nice touchdown. You got 18 touchdowns, right? You got your money. He didn't get paid yet, right? He just he's playing on the franchise tag. He's fine now. Like he's all right. In his mind, he got paid. He's gonna get paid. You think so? You think he's yeah. complete? You think Derrick Henry's a complacent player? He seems yeah, competitive. He, he no. seems like he's willing to, to show up and, and show out for this game. Well, he didn't get paid yet. If I'm the Titans, I franchise tag his ass again. <laughs> I would too. After that's the Zeke situation, I absolutely would as well. Yeah, you keep franchise tagging these guys until they just don't run anymore. It's all right. <laughs> exactly. But, 
Yeah, I mean, come on. And But how about this, though? The Ravens, they're playing, I think they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, there's no team, there's nobody that wants to play the Ravens. I would want to play yeah, the They haven't played anybody. They played what? The Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals the past three that weeks? That is true. That is very, very true. But they have kicked their ass. Yeah. It's not like it's been close. They have kicked their ass, right? So that's why, look, even that, the Ravens are, Vegas agrees with me. The Ravens are favored by three and a half, mm-hmm. and they're on the road. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. They're the, probably the, the the teams in the AFC outside of the Chiefs and maybe the Bills. Yeah. You don't want to see the Ravens right now because, yeah, they were they were a slow starter earlier in the year. I, I like the storyline here, right? Mm-hmm. I like it for multiple reasons. Number one, you're right that in today's day and age, like you do have to roll with what's supported. The Titans have no pressure on them, really. Even last season, no one expected this team to go anywhere. Right. And this season, I don't think anyone's going to shake a fist at them for losing the first round. And their defense is really bad this season. It's a lot worse this season than it has. I don't have any stats prepared, but I know I've seen a lot of Titans games. They let up points like nothing. Like like it's just a broken dam. Water's just flowing through. So, yeah, my only concern with this Ravens team, and I brought it up on last pod and I'll keep bringing it up, is their passing game. Is that if the Titans pack the box, they contain the quarterback, and they don't respect Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and Lamar's arm. Like I can see them winning this game because the, the Ravens pass attack, the second a team with a stout front eight, seven shows up to play, you're screwed. Marquise Brown is a bum. Like Mark Andrews is, is he's not a bum, but he's a tight end. You're not going to, you're not going to win a game off all receptions to a tight end. You're not going to win a game from miles Boykin catching two passes for 90 yards. It's just not going to occur. So I'm with you. I don't think that it'll be a Titans win this time around because of those reasons that I think, I think the Ravens will be able to run all over him. But I mean, King Henry, Derrick Henry has not slown up. He'll definitely be showing up. He'll at least get his, his hundred yards or something, but yeah, Derrick Henry, right. These last two games against the Ravens, he has rushed for 164 yards to the dot on average. He's past two games against the Ravens, right? The last time Tennessee defeated Baltimore was of week 11 of this year, right? They beat him in overtime 30 to 24. That's two straight times. Two straight times. Against a good defense. Yeah, they have a good, yeah, against a good defense. But I think the Ravens are pissed off, right? I think they're going to come back wanting revenge. And to be honest, I don't think the pressure is on the Ravens either Mm -hmm. in terms of. You don't think so? Of, no, no, no. I, I know I mentioned before that he might be 0-3 as a starter. That might just be Lamar Jackson. That's what I'm saying. The pressure is on him alone. But as a team, the Ravens not really. No, like Nobody's really expecting them to win the Super Bowl because, oh, crap, they have to play the Titans. Oh, crap, they're gonna, probably going to have to beat the, the Bills and the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. They're looked at as the fifth best team, fourth best team in the AFC right now, rather than last year when they were the number one seed, correct? Okay. So yeah, I think as yeah. a team, they face less pressure. But Lamar Jackson, just as a player by himself, he faces the most pressure by avoiding the, you know, the narrative, oh, he's not the same player in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think Lamar shows up. I have confidence in Lamar kicking ass. Okay. I just don't like the Titans, man. They piss me off, man. <laughs> I know a Titans fan who's a piece of crap himself. <laughs> I just hope the Titans lose so I can just text that little son of a bitch and text him a happy new year. <laughs> Okay, true or false, before we move on to the next question, true or false, Baltimore will reach the AFC Conference Championship game. True. Um, also, one more thing. 
the over under for that game is 54 and a half. I'm taking the over. You're taking the over? Over. Over. Oh, over, dude. No. Two yes. teams clock's gonna, gonna be, be rolling gonna, the whole time. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, listen, I something tells me take the over. You're gonna need like JK Dobbins to go for 150 if you want the over. I'm telling you, man. I guess. I mean, but think about this. The last the score between these two teams last game was 30 to 24. What is that? 54 points. Now in OT, in OT. In OT right? And then now this is 54 and a half. What does that tell you? I don't know. I might take the oh, under. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I don't know. I don't know, John. Maybe that's why you're not the betting expert. Maybe that's why I'm yeah, asking man, I you. I won my bet this week. <laughs> Did you see it? I saw it. I saw your part. Your one parlay. But I saw the ones you lost too. The long shot you lost. I had, I had, eight, I had an eight leg parlay and I lost <laughs> it by one. I nailed all seven except the Did one. You, did you nail everything except for the Mark Andrews TD? Yeah. That's rough. That hurt. That I mean, hurt. It's $2, but whatever. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's let's move on. Uh, let's get to the, the 415 game, which is also a, a bit of a stinker in the NFC. I'm not a huge fan. We need to weed out these wild card teams in the NFC. They're a little poopy, man. So we got the Bears and we got the Saints. John, I don't even want to talk about this game because really? I don't think either of us are giving the Bears a shot. Are you giving the Bears a shot? No, you're not. You're, the Saints are winning this game, right? They have to. Yes, they have to. The league, though. <laughs> they, oh, they're like the Cowboys of the regular season. <laughs> in the postseason. Well, in, yeah. in the postseason, right? They're the Cowboys of the regular season in the postseason, right? Uh-huh. Listen, what can go wrong will go wrong for the, the New Orleans Saints, right? Oh We're going to wait. Let's see if the fourth straight year, if some controversy happens for the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. And guess what? Maybe the football gods feel bad for the Bears. Yeah. They were like, oh, you know what? We'll let Mitchell Trubisky complete this pass, complete that pass. <laughs> oh, Matt Nagy, you're not going to call the plays. We're going to have Bill Lazor call it. Oh, and we're going to make sure it works just for a little bit, just enough to have you guys hop in the playoffs. Here you go. I, I swear to God. Something gives me a funny feeling where the Saints, something will go wrong for them in the playoffs every year. And this might be the game because nobody's expecting them to lose, right? The biggest upset would be the Bears over the Saints in this entire playoff format. Yes. Right? Yes. So, (laughs) Mitchell Trubisky, (laughs) Drew Brees. Are you kidding me? That would be something. Oh, listen. I'm not saying I, it's going to happen, but if it does happen, I still want the credit for it. Okay? They matched up earlier this season. Saints barely squeezed it out 26 to 23 in wow. overtime. So, sure. you know, we're looking at these games like rematches of former, former tough games. Yeah, we, I guess we should give Chicago a little bit more credit. New Orleans is, you know, they're a little different than they've been. You know, John, Michael Thomas is out first and foremost. We know this. We know he's been pretty much absent. Their defense has been solid this season, but hasn't uh, been, not as not as lately not, though. Not as, but not yeah, not Jaylen as. Jalen Hurts kicked that ass. Uh huh. Yeah. No, he he did well. He did well. The the bright spot for the Eagles this year. Uh, but but this is my question for you: Is that are we witnessing the the final the final ride of Drew Brees here? Is this and especially if he loses, right? I mean, I don't know what happens in that situation. But regardless of outcome, do you think that this is the last? the last few snaps, the last few chances we're going to get at seeing, you know, Drew Brees, a guy that we've watched for years and years succeed in the NFL. Yeah, this is it. I mean, he's got his contract with NBC. 
He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy that takes over for Chris Collinsworth, in my opinion, when Chris Collinsworth finally hangs it up. Old bastard. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't I didn't know. Can you explain that to me a little bit, like what you're referring to? Oh, so uh, last year, uh, when there were a little bit of talks about him retiring, right? Drew Brees signed a deal with NBC to the second he retires, he's a, an employee of NBC. So a lot of speculation is that He's the next guy. He's the next Tony Romo, right? Where CBS, they poached Tony Romo, right? And now he's the best broadcaster, best color commentator in the game, right? Number nine, Tony Romo. So now (laughs) NBC said, oh, let's grab our version of number nine, Drew Brees. We're going to groom a little bit. Uh, Obviously, he knows the game. So once Chris is finally ready to hang it up, we're going to have Mike Tirico, and Drew Brees be our Sunday night game. And I, I'll be very excited about that because Mike Tarico is my favorite color or is my favorite play-by-play guy along with Gus Johnson. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I love Mike Tarico. And I think that you like him more than Al. Al, Al Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Al Michaels deserves to be in a fucking nursery home. Dude. He, he can I be a little so yeah. old and dry. Like I don't see, I don't hear any excitement. Any. That's, all right. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Al can be a little, he can be a little, like he can be a little forgetful and he is a little bit calm, but I like his voice more than Tariko's. That's, that's the I one. I think we're thing. just used to it. I think it's, Maybe. A, there's a, I think there's a comfort with Al yeah, But I mean, I listen to Mike, Mike subs in on the Sunday night games and I it hear him and I'm like, that's great. Though. That sounds great because when there's a touchdown, Oh, like you get all oh, moment from Mike. You don't get oh. that. <laughs> you don't get that. Like from Al Michaels anymore. He's just waiting. He's just cashing in that check, man. He's pulling a Zeke. He's pulling a Tank Lawrence. <laughs> all right. I mean, he can back, no. He's yeah, pulling a those... Jalen Smith. Don't disrespect those. You can disrespect Jalen Smith, though. He all got right. his money and turned into a fraud. Yeah, but oh. well, here's another thing, though. Here's another fact that we haven't discussed about the Bears. So the Saints have struggled against the running game these last few weeks, right? All season long, they had, I mean, for a couple of years straight, they had a really good defense against the run game. But until Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders beat that ass a few weeks ago, teams have followed suit. The Eagles gave them a blueprint, gave teams a blueprint on how to defeat the Saints on the ground, right? And teams have used it. And David Montgomery, he might be the hottest running back in the NFL yes. right now. So don't, I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does happen, I still want the credit. All right, I'm going with almost upset alert. Beep, 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 beep. Almost upset alert. The Bears over the Saints. The Bears over the Saints. And right now, it looks as if they are the largest underdogs at plus nine and a half, plus 390 on the money line. So that, I mean, that's that would be a fun, a fun Sunday play if you're bored middle of the day. Rolling with the Bears. I don't mind it either. I don't mind it. You're right. David Montgomery, I watched a little bit of him in that Packers game. Looks like night and day for the Bears. He really helps their offense kind of be more balanced. And, I mean, we know what that defense can do. And we know what the Saints can do in the playoffs. The Dallas right. Cowboys regular season of the postseason, the New Orleans Saints. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if this is Drew Brees' final ride and everything else. All right. Final wild card game, John, where a question six out of six. Sunday at 8.15. An AFC North showdown. Back-to-back weeks will be the Browns and the Steelers. This is the Browns' first playoff berth since 2002, John, since 2002. Yep. So all things being considered, there's quite a bit going against the Browns, though, right? We, we've yes. known about their COVID, COVID <laughs> You know issues. what's going on right now? 
know. I mean, know they just about, lost their head coach. We know about their issues uh, on Jets week where a lot of the COVID stuff came up. They had to rule out a lot of wide receivers for that game, struggled tremendously, lost against the Jets. Um, but then recently, just as we began this podcast, it was announced, and John broke this from Adam Schefter, Brown's COVID outbreak continues. Head coach Kevin Stefanski, two other coaches, and two players have COVID issues. Browns are closing their facilities. So he said a DB coach, a tight end coach, a wide receiver, and an O-line all tested positive today. So, I mean, everything is against the Browns. They already are the inferior team. The Steelers are, you know, obviously better, but maybe they're not as good as we thought they were five, six weeks ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, or at least my task for you is, John, with all these things being considered, head coach has COVID, you know, players out, yada, yada, Baker Mayfield under center. Convince me that the Browns will win on Sunday. Give me, give me the blueprint. And this is, this is what I've told you. This is what you kind of did with the Bears. But I, give, me, give me, convince me why the Browns can win this football game. I mean, I don't know. Kevin Stefanski, he's out. He's not going to be in the game. Yeah. That just came out, right? I mean, Ian Rappaport just re- just tweeted that Alex Van Pelt is going to be taking over as a play caller. I mean, I don't know. He he hasn't called plays before, so that concerns me. Uh, listen, Baker just needs to not Baker it up, all right? So continue to run the ball. Don't just take – and I'm not even afraid of the Steelers' offense. So even if you do run the ball and you take the Steelers' offense off the field – uh, whatever. Uh, sure. I mean, Steelers offense not that much of a threat anymore anyway, but the Browns defense is really bad. That's what you got to worry about. And because of that, that's probably why the Browns just have to be the Browns stick to the run game, run play action, run a lot of bootlegs. Uh, don't run anything from the shotgun because no one believes you're going to run out of that. Uh, just stick to what got you there. And maybe the Browns, even as a brand, they're like, Oh my God, we're in the playoffs. Like, Oh my God, let's uh, like, they need to calm down. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like a dog with a bone in his mouth. Like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, no pun intended with the dog pound, right? With the Browns. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Browns just stick to what you do. I mean, against that Steelers defense, that's tough, man. In Pittsburgh. I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that you, you have to stick to this pick. I'm just telling you, tell me, Try to convince me that the Browns can win this game, like that they can do it. And I mean, I think that's it. It's the running game, right? I mean, with, I, I, I vibe with, with that. Kevin Stefanski there, I would pick the Browns. I would just picked, straight up, you would pick the Browns. You know, I would Stefanski. pick the Browns. I, I, I um, like him. I do like him. Yeah, uh, Philly guy. You know, no big deal. I mean, uh, as, as soon as he's shown up, the stuff that he's involved, Baker. You mentioned, you know, getting Baker out of the pocket and bootlegs. That's the only time I really see Baker succeed anymore is when he's right. out of the pocket is every time he's in the pocket, it just breaks down or he, he loses his mind or whatever. And obviously Stefanski recognized that unlike the other, whatever two coaches or, or, or Freddie kitchens or whatever you want to call them. And, and he was able to adapt when I watch Brown's games and I see him on the sideline, I go, right. I go, Oh, the ship is under control. Like he is the, he is the big dog of this team, not the quarterback, not anyone else. So that's a good sign, but that's with our recent discussion about, him being off the sidelines, I agree with you. That makes me a lot more hesitant to have confidence in the Cleveland Browns. And here's a little bit of more news coming out of the Browns as we speak. This stuff is just coming in, uh, like you know, 
fresh donuts coming out of the oven. Uh, apparently, one of the two players, right, who tested positive as well, is a big, significant player. Now, that worries me even more. If it's Baker, all right, who cares? If it's Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They said it was a wide receiver and an O-lineman. So could we maybe oh, it's a, was it? Maybe that's what Schefter said that two tested positive wide receiver and an O line from the Mesa tests. So it's a few tweets down, I think. In addition to yeah, his most recent is in addition to head coach Kevin Stefanski testing positive, a DB coach, a tight end coach, a wide receiver, and an O lineman. Oh. So it could be Jedrick Wills, it could be Jarvis Juice Landry, someone of that yeah. nature. That could affect them big time. Yeah, Jedrick Wills, uh, I mean, he's had a really good season for a rookie, right? So it could be Jack Conklin, though, their best offensive lineman. True, true. I forgot about him. Yeah. Ah, yeah, no, it looks like the Steelers are going to get this. It does. It does. And I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it develops. We'll see if the, the Steelers are able to advance. But, yeah, neither of these teams I have a ton of confidence in in the overall playoff picture. So I'll just have to wait and see. But that's it. Six questions for six games, John. We're done want to move on to topic two mm. and I want to play a little bit of head coaching bachelorette with you want Beautiful. to do a little matchmaking there are a lot of single fellas out there on the NFL market right now and some mm. single teams that want to you know swoop them up that want to rebuild their culture their franchise so I'm going to give you uh, we're going to go back and forth I got my top three head coaching matches you have your top three head coaching matches I'll go first and yes. then we'll, we'll, we'll talk it out. You go and then back and forth, so on and so forth. So my first one, and I just kind of want to get this one out of the way because, you know, it's the most obvious one. The one that I, I mean, I, I think you have um, Eric Bienemy to the mm. Houston Texans. John, mm. do you have that? Do you have Bienemy to the Texans? It's almost like you've read my piece of paper. <laughs> so Bienemy to Houston, right? And if we're talking about matchmaking, you know, Eric Bienemy, offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's first and foremost, right? We obviously see how potent their offense is, albeit with a lot of great weapons. But uh, I mean, you can screw that up in any which way. And he hasn't. He's he's made it look as explosive as it possibly can be with a wealth of bridges. Obviously, if he's looking for a head coaching job, you know, the availability of Deshaun Watson, who I mean, I like his tagline is kind of like the Michael Jordan of football. He's really able to just do it all himself. He's, he's a, even with you know, a, a putrid football team around him. He's still able to create great plays. So the enemy being able to work with Houston, obviously Bill O'Brien left a mess there. It'd be nice if, if new Hopkins was still at, in the squad for the enemy, oh, but yeah. I think he would be able to come in with his offensive mind, uh, probably uh, be able to recruit, not recruit per se, because obviously this is the NFL, but, but gain some traction for more free agents, maybe uh, gather some more people for Houston. Obviously they don't have their draft pick this season. And kind of revamp the team and revamp the culture and and bring back that explosive offense. Because I think Deshaun Watson on the Chiefs is that's the same team. I truly think Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, both have the same talent and propensity to win. It's just who they're surrounded with. And if the enemy is able to create a similar offense around Deshaun, he'll have similar success that he did in Kansas City. I mean, those those are the obvious points, John. What do you what do you have for me? Is there is there anything else you'd like to add to the BNME Houston matchmaking? No, I I agree, and I don't really see him. I mean, yeah, he could be a fit with every single team that needs a head coach, sure. But if I'm him, go to the Texans, man. I mean, you, <clears throat> something about I always thought about this. 
for myself. And this is whenever I make myself or create a player in a game, I always like to go to the team that really hasn't had success in their history. Right. I always want to be the guy that mm. brings their first championship to a team. That's why in my NCAA game, I have won 10 straight national championships for Rutgers. Okay. <laughs> so Greg Schiano over yeah, here hanging uh-huh. out, huh? Yeah, Greg Schiano, right? He gets the water for me at practice. <laughs> All right. But anyway, I think that would be a great story. Eric Bianney, right, goes to Houston. They, you know, they're they're a new team technically that they, they came out in 2002 they haven't had success yet uh be the first guy to bring a championship to houston like have how badass would it be for you to bring a super bowl to texas and not for dallas right sorry drew i didn't mean it to be like that but think about it think about being that guy all right you being the first head coach to bring the texans i mean houston's got a big fan base. I know it's Houston and it's not as big as Dallas and, you know, the brand and all that stuff, but you bring a championship to Houston, Texas, you're going to be revitalized forever. Your family will be taken care of forever. Right? So if I'm Eric Bianami, go to Texans. You have the best quarterback available there. Why not? Agreed. Agreed on, on all ends. So let's get your next one. Since we both have the to Houston's our first, let's hear it. Second, second pick, John. All right, so I think this is very far-fetched, but I could see it happening just a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of an inkling. I think Jim Harbaugh to the Detroit Lions. Ooh. He will be staying in Michigan, Ooh. but not Michi- not the University of Michigan, or is it Michigan University? I don't know. University of Michigan, I think, right? So, yeah, UM, yeah, University of Michigan. He's going to be staying in Detroit as a Detroit Lions head coach. And I think he's going to recruit Jim Hall or he's going to recruit Matt Stafford to stay, right? Let's go with recruit. I like that word. I don't know why you shy, shot away from fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good uh, metaphor. But anyway, I think he's going to do really well with Matthew Stafford. If he decides to go there, Kenny Galladay is a free agent. You re-sign him because I think he's very underrated. I like Marvin Jones as a number two. I really like DeAndre Swift. And yeah. I just think, Here's another thing, right? It's the same thing with Eric Bieniemy and the Texans. Jim, listen, everybody loves you in Michigan, right? I mean, some fans probably don't like you anymore because you, you turned a shit turned in a shitty season, but it's a pandemic. It's fine. Everybody will understand. But if you bring a Super Bowl, if you or not even if you take the Lions to the playoffs, you will be loved over there. I mean, you have a good shot. I mean, Matthew Stafford is an underrated quarterback in this league. Yeah. He's never had a head coach where that has brought any success. And the one that had a little bit of success, Jim Caldwell, was fired for Matt Patricia. Like, you got to be kidding me. So give me Jim Harbaugh to the Detroit Lions. I really like that matchup. Mm, that's very interesting. Harbaugh to the Lions. Harbaugh's got one year left on his Michigan deal, but that's definitely – one of the candidates in the search, and obviously the, the geographical ties make sense. My pick is Detroit as well, my second head coaching match, but it's not Harbaugh, John. It's mm. Robert Sala of the the defensive coordinator. I kind of like him, and this is one of those situations, right, where I love Sala's track record. I love what he's done with the Niners defense. I love how he fits into their organization, and I love the idea of him as a head coach. But right. his energy just brings a whole new dynamic to me to him as you know uh, uh, in a leadership position i look at matt patricia 
I look at the Lions. I look at kind of how uninspired it was, how, you know, kind of flat the rebuild was, how people were supposed to get excited because this guy coached with Bill Belichick. It's one of the lamest things, right? When your your head coach's coolest thing about him is that he coached with a different guy, right? That's not that great. Robert Sala in himself, he's not linked to Kyle Shanahan and San Fran. He's his own man, his own defensive coordinator. I think he could inject, he's the type of culture guy that can alter a team's culture very quickly. Like, I don't know his ability to build out a roster. I don't know if he's going to be able to optimize the weapons that you listed, right? Marvin Jones, DeAndre Smith, uh, Kenny Galladay, all those guys. But I think that he's going to revamp and energize this Detroit team. And, And I haven't seen a lot of energy from this Detroit team. You mentioned their playoff appearances. They don't show up to the playoffs. They're in a division where, you know, it's usually just more talented markets, markets that are more willing to win than them succeed, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears. So for me, it, a lot of it has to do with what I see from Salah on the sidelines when I watch him, but I love his track record as a defensive player. The Lions have a terrible defense this season. They Obviously, do. they had they had some injuries, um, but, you know, I think that he would revamp it. I, I don't mind Harbaugh either. I think the Lions will just take anybody who's not a complete loser and washed up bum like Patricia, right? But I like the idea of like an, an energy guy uh, of solid digging in there and, and him really getting it in Detroit. I, I like that as well. And that's why I picked Harbaugh too, because Harbaugh's an energy guy, mm-hmm. right? He, he's very animated on the sidelines and he brings an offensive scheme that works. I know it hasn't really worked a lot in college. I mean, Shea Patterson was his quarterback. Like he he was an overrated recruit. He was one of the best quarterbacks to come out of high school, but he didn't do shit in college, mm-hmm. even when he had Jim Harbaugh. But Jim Harbaugh, when he entered the league with the 49ers, right, Alex Smith was his quarterback. He had success. Colin Kaepernick was his quarterback. He had success, right? I think it's almost the same situation, right? He'll go to a team that has a ton of potential, but just has never put it together because it's just a, a string of bad coaches consecutively. Right. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you bring in the right guy. It just works. Right. And I think Jim Harbaugh will be facing a similar situation with the lines. I think it would be a great matchup. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it gets enough talk. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely think Matt Stafford's a big part of that. While I think a lot of his numbers can be juiced in uh late game situations. He is an underrated quarterback. He is good. And and he definitely deserves at least an opportunity beyond the Megatron years, right. To compete and play well. And that starts with the the head coaching uh, position, but let's move on to our third match. I'll begin. I have Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons as my third choice. And I have them sticking with a familiar face in Raheem Morris, John. I I like, I do not like Atlanta to go out and pick a new head coach. When I look at the market, I, I couldn't necessarily see a head coach that I think would be a great match that would want Atlanta like Atlanta wants them. And I think Raheem Morris was able to build on a team which I kind of left for dead. And I understand the Falcons didn't make the playoffs and they didn't you know do a whole lot. And they obviously were not a good football team. But there were several wins this season where I felt, wow, Raheem Morris is able to rally this team. Like they were able to dominate the Raiders to just have an entire dominant performance against the Raiders first game Dan Quinn was gone they have that big win against the Vikings you know that I'm not the type of guy that overthinks these these head coaching things and I Mm. personally think that I don't see a different outcome for the Falcons where they get a better candidate a guy who works with their system a guy who gets along with their owner as well I think they should roll with their interim 
tell me why I'm wrong. Do you have a different candidate for the Falcons? I just looked at the candidates, looked at the the matches and such. And I, I thought to myself, like, I was like, why would you go anywhere else if you're the Falcons? Wow. No, oh God, if the Falcons go with Raheem Morris, I might go down to Atlanta or I might go to the nearest Home Depot and ask for Arthur Blank's phone number and see where that motherfucker's at. You got to be kidding me. If you go ahead and you ask Raheem Morris to be your head coach, obviously he's going to say, yeah. Yeah. But if you ask the Atlanta fans who they want as their head coach, they're going to say, hell no. Who I mean, do they want? Why? Who do they want then? Ah, like there's no, they don't want Raheem Morris to me. Nobody I wants that job. That, I mean, I think it's a good job. Right now, it's the second best job out there. Really? Yeah. Chargers, Jacksonville, Texans. Well, no, I mean, ever since, I mean, Chargers number one, Falcons number two. It used to be the Jaguars used to be number one. But the, but the owner announced The owner said, yeah. I mean, the guy who makes money and the guy with the funny mustache, if he's going to decide who's who's on the team, uh-uh. that, that job went down maybe – the second worst. Um, but no, listen, I, I think the Falcons, they have a really good job. It's exciting. I think it's a job where you have trade pieces. It's a, it's a, I mean, you can even, you can start over completely rebuild, right? Get a new culture. I think Robert Sala would do well in Atlanta, but that's another thing. Teams, when they typically fire somebody, they typically go with the guy who replaces them the opposite direction, right? Now, the Texans and Eric Bieniemy, I know they're both offensive guys, but they're different not only because one's white, one's black, but they're different in, in terms of philosophy, right? In terms, in terms of the culture. Bill O'Brien's in your face yelling and screaming. Eric Bieniemy is more laid back. He's going to explain to you what you did wrong. He's never going to yell at you to your face in public. Yeah, he'll get, he'll get mad at certain points. You'll probably see that on the sidelines but he'll never throw you under the bus like Bill O'Brien did to his own players, right? That's the difference. With the Falcons, right? Dan Quinn, great guy, great head coach. He he might be one of the nicest head coaches that we have in the league. And that's why they brought in Raheem Morris, right? Because, you know, even though he's a defensive guy, he's he's had a head coaching experience. But we saw what he did as a head coach. I know he was young at that point. But for the Falcons, you need to bring in an offensive guy. You have a guy like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. If you want to continue with them because those cap hits would be too large on your cap room, you've got to bring in an offensive coach. They're an offensive team. Well, They're not a defensive team. Well, if I remember correctly, when Raheem Morris took over for John Gruden, he <laughs> took over a pretty bad team, had a pretty bad first year, and then the second year was able to turn it around, and they, I think they get like 11 wins, and they went to the playoffs, right? No. no. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that no that's what way. occurred. I'm looking yeah. this up right now. Yeah, Ricky Morris has never taken his team to the playoffs. I would be shocked to hear that. No, actually, I know that for a fact because the last time the Buccaneers were in the playoffs was 2007, right? And that was with John Gruden as their head coach and Jeff Garcia as their quarterback. Uh, so in 08, it was announced that Morris would take over as the defensive coordinator. Head coach John Gruden was fired a month later, and Morris was named the team's head coach. He started the season 0-7 and, and earned his first victory in Week 9. And then November 24th, 2009, he finished his first year as the head coach, leading the team to last in NFC South with 13 and 3, 3-13 and record. In his second season, the team finished 10-6, and 6, barely missing the playoffs. Okay, that seven-game turnaround was the best in franchise history. So, hey, 
Bucks didn't make the playoffs. However, Raheem Morris did have a seven-game turnaround with a bad team in the same division ten years ago. I'm just saying. I'm just oh, saying. What I under- to, wait, you didn't tell us. You didn't tell us what happened the year after. You finished <laughs> that story, Drew Bishop. Uh, the year after they went four and twelve and ah, got fired. There it is. But Not I mean, hey, consistent, is he? <laughs> but I'm just saying. He's able to turn teams around. I'm not saying I'm sold on Raheem Morris or I'm the number one Raheem Morris fan, but that was mine. Let's go to yours. Let's hear your your third one. Mine was Atlanta Raheem Morris. What is your your third matchmaking uh, for coaches? Uh, listen, even though I think this is the wor- the pro- yeah the worst head coaching spot, uh, I'm going to go with the Jets here. I think Don Martindale, bam, defensive coordinator. For the Baltimore Ravens to the New York Jets, I think that's a great match. Uh, Joe Douglas with the Baltimore connection, right? To Don Martindale, another like you know, Martindale is a culture hire, and that's when looking at these teams, right? You have to identify what they need the most, right? Jaguars, they need a guy who brings in a culture and a new offensive scheme. So do the Lions, right? I mean, I think they're they have a, an okay culture. They just need an offensive scheme that works for them, right? Texans. Their culture sucks. They need to bring in a, a new culture guy along with the uh, the offensive scheme. But the Jets, they need everything. <laughs> culture, offensive scheme, defensive scheme, new quarterback, new owners. I mean, you can't do anything about your shitty owners. I mean, th- there's not one good thing about the Jets. Maybe Quinnen Williams might be the only good thing. All right. Who else? Becton. Becton. Yes. Then don't even Mims. say sell Mims. No, no. <laughs> Don't even know. Uh, but that's it, though. I mean, they haven't been good since 2009, 2010. Yeah. Right. I mean, you need something different in there. Go with the wild card. This is the time where you take a big risk. Right. Joe Douglas is there for he has a seven year deal. Even if he messes up this head coaching job or this if, if he picks the wrong coach, I think he'll still have a shot on picking the next head coach. Don Marndale's got to be the guy. He he deserves a shot. That people people in the Ravens talk so highly about him, and that's the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best organizations in the entire football. Right? I mean, their culture is awesome. I, I would kill to have that culture in Philadelphia. Jim Harbaugh does, or John Harbaugh does a great job of orchestrating that team year in and year out. Even the team, even the years where they're bad, they're still playing very hard. Right? Don Marndale is a part of that. Don, Mount, Don Martindale brings a defensive scheme that's very familiar with the Jets. I mean, they had it with Rex Ryan. It's I know uh, that could scare off some Jets fans because Don Martindale kind of looks like and acts like Rex Ryan. But I think that's what the Jets need. They need a guy who won't take shit from anybody, right? Two two coaches ago, Todd Bowles, defensive guy. But he, it's almost, he almost seems like a pushover, right? I mean, he went to Temple, for God's sakes. That doesn't scare anybody. <laughs> Come on right? now. <laughs> Sorry, but that's the truth. Tom, he's a good defensive coordinator. That's all he is. Don Marndale, he deserves a head coaching job. He, he's going to get in your face. He's not going to take shit from anybody. They had the second overall pick. Pick a quarterback. Get rid of Sam Darnold. I wouldn't, but go ahead. You, maybe he just needs a different place of scenery. But I just think that's a good dynamic, a good partnership. It's a good fit between Joe Douglas and Don Martindale. I can't hate that, but frankly, I mean, that's like, you know, a drop of water in the desert. The Jets fans will take it, right? Any any positive point. I mean, we know that the third member of this podcast is a huge Jets fan and and every single week Chris has to just basically release his anger and tension about the Jets. So, I mean, it, it would be nice Martindale 
uh, definitely sounds like a good good candidate, a guy that can you know improve the franchise as a whole. All right, John. Topic three. Want to move on? We got obviously wild card weekend and the head coaching vacancies. We've gone over. I want to get into the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, ended their season on Sunday night versus the Washington Football Team. So mm. now the revamping, the rebuilding, whatever you want to call it. It begins, it began, and, and I'll start with this. I want to ask you first and foremost before we really get into it, what you thought of Jim Schwartz walking away or, or whatever you might want to call, whatever happened there, the announcement prior to the game the night before that Jim Schwartz would be uh, coaching his final game as the defensive coordinator and that he would be maybe taking a year off, so on and so forth. What did you think about that split about Jim Schwartz weaving? You like it, you hate it, and kind of what do you think happened behind the scenes is that a front office thing is that a mutual partnership or is that Schwartz wanting out of the building that's a very good question uh that i like it i didn't mind it i wasn't upset about it you know what i mean i wasn't upset and i wasn't happy i was Mm -hmm. all right i was all right with it i mean deals are in for a couple of rough years ahead and i don't think Jim, jim schwartz to me he's kind of a a bailout type right um, he doesn't really stick around to places very long. Like he was here for five years. That's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time for a, someone. So, yeah, especially after winning a Super Bowl. It's a long time. He didn't get poached away from a team. I mean, the Browns almost the Browns interviewed him this this time last year um, for their head coaching job before they settled on Kem Stefanski, who got COVID. Poor bastard. Um, but Jim Shorts. I mean, hey man, thank you. I mean. You were one of the reasons why the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I appreciate that. And but in the Super Bowl, you didn't force the Patriots to punt one time. You, <laughs> I mean, that was terrible, terrible game plan. But uh, hey, man, you made one stop. Your defense did make one stop, and that's all they needed. And they finally got the Super Bowl. And I will forever, forever, be appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. But there were times where I was so upset at Jim Shorts, particularly this year against the Steelers, right? There was a time where I knew I, I, I knew exactly which place to call against the Eagles defense. And I'm hundreds of miles away from Pittsburgh. And I knew what to do against the Eagles defense. And I'm, I'm just some pizza guy, right? So imagine a professional going up against Jim Schwartz and that defense. Obviously, they're going to have success. So that really pissed me off because that happened a lot more than people thought. I know from the outside looking in, people were like, oh, wow, they lost Jim Schwartz. They're really going to miss him. Yeah, they're going to miss him. Sure. Yeah. He gave up like he was a bend, but don't break defense. It's a very frustrating defense because, you know, they're going to give up 20, 25 points a game. So you need your offense to be 30 points a game now to at least score 28 points a game to just to have that defense, you know, keep it under 25. But that, that pisses me off because. That's never going to, that's not always going to work. It didn't work in the Super Bowl. The Eagles offense won that Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they didn't, they did, the Eagles offense didn't take them through the playoff run, right? Chicago, that's a defensive performance. That was a defensive game, right? Min- Even Minnesota, the Atlanta game. Obviously, they just basically stomped them, stomped Minnesota out. That was offensive and defensive. Yeah. But, but yeah, Atlanta was a defensive game. But that's why I said that. I appreciate what he did in the playoffs. He did a really good job. He, he was a big part of why the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I gave him his credit there. But beyond that, defense was very frustrating to watch. I mean, he leaves his corners on an island by themselves. Yeah, I okay. Well, I don't like that. You got to help out the corners. These wide receivers nowadays are freaks. And he ignored the linebacker position. And I feel like he had more power than Doug Peterson. But he like he was kind of given a tough deck, right? 
we're looking at number one, his starting safety, right? Malcolm Jenkins is out. Malcolm Jenkins he is wanted is, him out, though. But okay, okay. Well, albeit, yeah, he wanted him out, right? You look at the situation. He got big play Slay, right? Darius Slay was clearly the best member of this secondary. But Schwartz dealt with issues in the secondary, issues in the linebacking situation, right? We were dealing with Nate Gary. And obviously, when you got rookie linebackers, it's hard to it's hard to confidently insert Sean Bradley in the game because your linebacker is the quarterback of your defense. He has to direct everything. And if those rookies, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, they don't know how to direct every single person, you can't put them in the game. So he was given like a tough situation. Like he was able to, I, I thought Jim Schwartz did well with the front four, which, which is obviously yeah. the most talented group of the Eagles defense. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm not the biggest Jim Schwartz fan. I'm not saying that I'm not of the type of person that looks from the outside and says, they're really going to miss Jim Schwartz. No, I understand that there is a lot of mistakes he's made stuff that he's cost the Eagles and that a new defensive coordinator will bring a different, a different fresh set of eyes there. But albeit, like, it can be tough out here. I'm going to speak from a Cowboys perspective. I wish I had Rod Mar- Marinelli back. I wish Rod Marinelli wow. was here this year because Mike Nolan was awful. And the yeah. fact is, the fact of the matter is Mike Nolan is going to get to stay because they forced 12 turnovers or whatever in the last four games. Most of those turnovers, I watch every snap, most of those turnovers were caused by the opposite team or were caused by, you know, an accident. But Mike, I have to deal with Mike Nolan again because, you know, because he got saved at the end of the year. I'm just saying, getting rid of your loyal defensive coordinator, I'm not saying they got rid of him, but it, it can be a tough sell. I don't think it's the worst move in the world, but... I mean, Schwartz is definitely solid. And if he decides to return to the coaching game, I think he's, he's going to get a, a decent look from a lot of teams, right? But he also does have health issues, though. That's the thing. So I, I can see him. Wh- I can see why he set the way. And when the announcement did occur, I was a little strength. Like, I was a little dumbfounded. Like, what the hell? Why is this coming out the day before the game? Yeah. And now after watching Sunday night's game, we can understand why. <laughs> right? Because he knew. Oh crap! This is going to end really badly. I don't want to have the game end that way, and then make this announcement and have people think, "Oh, this is why Jim Schwartz left." No, that's such a that's an excellent point that I had not even considered until now. But that's exactly why he did it the day before because that would be so messy. I agree with you a thousand percent. If the Eagles put that performance on the field and then you know Jim Schwartz leaves, it would have been an absolute chaotic. Yeah, yeah, because Um, oh, there's an outrage now. Right. There's an outrage mm-hmm. about the yeah, okay. Peterson in the competition. I, I won't get into that. That's been covered up and down the walls all night. And it's not really worth going into much deeper, but let's get into the real topic. I want to do stay or go. Got to go down the list with different player names. John, I'm going to ask you, you know, are they staying this off season or are they going? Give me a, a little explanation. Uh, we'll go back and forth. Start with Jason Kelsey. Stay or go Jason Kelsey. <sighs> I think he stays Whew. on a, on a, what, what kind of deal would you look at? What kind of deal do you think that they'd sign him to? I think he's I think he's still on the contract. Is he still on the contract? I thought I the think contract so. expired. No, the thing is he, he just might retire. That's the thing. Oh, okay. That's why there's a, like rumors about him leaving, but okay. I think, I believe he's still under contract. Uh, let me just look at it to make it official. I think you're right. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the re- retirement thing, um, with that thing being considered, I, I think he will stay. Uh, I think he will stay. I was really proud of Jason Kelsey. I think that, you know, the Eagles dealt with a lot of O-line issues, but if you're able to keep your center in for all 16 games of the season, you got a shot every game you're playing. And, right. and that was important. Albeit though, I think I would blame the Sudfeld fumble 
on Sunday night on Kelsey. Not yeah, on Nate I mean, he, I mean, think about this though. He's had to deal with three different quarterbacks. That's not fair. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, he's yeah. definitely, he's definitely been a good soldier. Yeah. Of him. He's, he's definitely the good guy of the Eagles for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with him. I'd like to see him stay. All right. Uh, Zach Ertz, stay or go. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, can you give me a team that you could see him being slotted with, or do you not not have an idea? I hate to say this, but the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to uh, swoop up all the Eagles' dead pieces? Yeah, I, I think the Colts are definitely a team. Um, I could even see the Texans getting him. Uh, because the thing is with the Texans, especially if Eric Bieniemy goes there, the, that offense really goes around the tight end. And – the Texans don't have a tight end. Zach yeah. Ertz is on the market. Go get him. You want him for Deshaun uh, wait, Watson? Go ahead. Fells? Fells? No, nah, he sucks, dude. Stop. Okay. Sucks. Uh, well, here's one more. I don't I don't know. Jags maybe get Ertz. Maybe a little secure target for whatever rookie quarterback's there. That'd be kind of fun. Nah, sure. But I don't, I don't see that happening. That'd be kind of fun. All right. Let's move on. Uh, stay or go. Jalen Mills. Go on. He, he was a Jim Schwartz guy. Uh, not, not a Howie guy. He's a Jim Schwartz guy. Oh, it's such a shame that he's going to go because I will always green remember hair. the picture of the burnt toast with green hair <laughs> on Seriously. Twitter. That's a, a goaded, uh, a goaded photograph and Jalen Mills. I'll miss him wagging his finger when the, the ball gets overthrown 10 yards over his receiver. Um, uh, stay or go. This one's kind of low key, but I just saw it on the list. I kind of wanted to ask Craven LeBlanc. Oh, he's going. He's gone. They're not going to sign him. You think? I mean, they, I mean, who who are they going to sign in the secondary? You going to play Jacquet next year, John? No. But here's the thing, though, Drew. I'll tell you this: Jim Harbaugh had a lot of say in his personnel and defense, right? Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz did. Yeah, he had a lot of say on the. Per- he was even though he was a defensive coordinator. You got to think about this. He was hired before Doug Peterson was. Yeah. The Eagles obviously valued him more than Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. so. The fact that he's gone, I think they're just going to go in for a fresh new scheme. They're going to come in with new guys. We're going to have a ton of defensive players here in Philadelphia. I mean, no Roby Coleman either? Oh, oh, stop. Like, I'm just saying, who are you going to pull out of the market? Like, if you're starting Avante Maddox and Darius Slay next season, like, I'm just going to target Maddox every single game. Like, that dude is awful. Yeah, he is bad, but that's why you have the draft, though. And that's why you got to sign these new guys. Like, part of the – I mean – Part of I think part of the reason why the Eagles tanked them on, on Sunday night is because I think they they see a lot of players leaving. Where they're like, "Hey, listen, I don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah. You're gone anyway. We're getting a new defensive coordinator. We're getting a whole brand new defensive unit." Because think about this: Fletcher Cox isn't mad. Fletcher Cox because he Cox tweeted something. Because he yeah, tweeted yeah. something yeah, yeah. at Eli. He doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. He's going to stay here next year. He's fine with it. The young guys that were on the team, whatever. You'll get over it. I mean, besides Butch Cox, who else? Brandon Graham, he's okay with it. You sure? You sure they're okay with that? I mean, the reports come out this morning that a few players had to confront Peterson, right? Don't even get me started on that piece of shit, that garbage of a story. Obviously, they're upset. They have to be upset. What players are going to say, oh, I'm I'm happy we tanked? Nobody. Nobody. Come on bothersome it's it's not competition but exactly but anyway listen brandon graham if he's on one of your stay or go lists i think he goes too 
You think Brandon Graham goes? Because he yeah. wasn't on my list, but let's go into that right now. Why do you think Brandon Graham goes? I just think it's time where he like he is a great culture guy. I would love to see he him. Is. He's fantastic. He's my favorite yeah. Eagle, I think. Yeah. And I just think though there's gonna come a time where he says, Listen, I love you guys. I love Philadelphia. Why well, I, I still want to go win something. And he I don't know did if he, win do that. he has the game clinching, you know, fumble I understand. in the Super Bowl. He, I think he's happy but, with his life here. But think about this. He's got $13 million coming to him in 2021, and he's 33 years old. That's a lot of money. The think, Eagles need money. You think he would request a trade or they would trade no. for cap space? They would, they would trade him or cut him. I don't know. that. So well, they, they cut him, right? Um, they have a dead cap of $17 million. Yeah. So they would get $4 million, They would save $4 million. But I think they like him too much. I think that you would have to get the permission of Brandon Graham to cut him or to trade him because he's such a good guy overall. Like when you look at the press conference with Zach Ertz, right? And we know how much Zach Ertz has, there's been tension with him in the ownership, tension with him in the franchise issues, obviously like on the front and surface, but even in those final presser moments, he's sobbing and crying because this area, it doesn't matter about the organization, this area, this city, these, these fans truly insert something into these players. So I feel like Brandon Graham, as much as maybe it makes sense, I feel like they need to consult him before they did something like that. Because if you just screw over, you know, one of the faces of that Super Bowl, one it'll of the- be a peaceful, no, it'll be a peaceful breakup. Okay. That's all I want. That's all I think yeah. is necessary. You know, it'll be a peaceful breakup. All right, let's move on to the next one. I got Boston Scott. Say gone. gone. You don't like him? He's kind of fun as a returner. He's a little. I, I, I like him. If I you like him. Find him in a low, low might, number. I like him. Is he? I mean, I don't know his deal though. Is he a I free agent? I, he, I think he is a free agent. Yes. Right, so let list, me see. But... Let me see. If he is a free agent, let him go because he's going to get more money elsewhere. Because a team that's not familiar with him, a team that hasn't gotten a dose of him yet. They're going to say, oh, let's bring that son of a bitch in. Yeah, the Eagles are like, all right, we know what you can do. Whatever. We're not, we don't have the money to pay you. You're a backup running back. The Eagles already don't pay their running backs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, all things considered, I saw, I saw you tweet out on the Eagles fans nine that you needed a backup running back. So I figured I'd toss that one in there. Mm-hmm. Don't like Scott or Clement, which I both think they're free agents. So have to find a new backup running back. Right. All right. We're at the bottom of the list, and I mean, I, I simply couldn't pass up the list without this. We'll do a two-for-one, a tandem, because, you know, these two kind of travel like salt and pepper. Hurts and Wentz, stay. Gone, gone. Both are Both gone? Dunfield is the starter? I, no, I, I, I... Oh, wait. So, uh, Hurts and Wentz. Hurts. Right? Tell, tell me who's gone and who's staying. I thought or, you said Hurts. My bad. No. You said Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and Carson oh. Wentz. Oh, no, 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 no. Carson, Carson has all the leverage. He's gone. He wants out. He doesn't want to be with Doug Peterson anymore. He just that's, doesn't. That's a rough report, man, that he, that he's not happy with Peterson and everything after this season. I mean, uh, why aren't there reports coming out, John, that Carson Wentz is displeased with Howie Roseman? Why is he not displeased? Howie with Roseman? Team? Yeah. For, for putting him in this situation. Well, because Howie chose, he hand chose, Jalen Hurts. He picked Jalen Hurts. That's why. He said, what the fuck? You just drafted a quarterback in the second round. You have me. Yeah, look what you did, Carson. 
You shit the bed. Like, John, just, who, do you, who do you want under center a season opener next year? Am I allowed to answer with my heart or do you want Yeah, to- with your heart, with your heart. No, I'm asking your heart, not like what makes sense to you. I want Carson, dude. <laughs> I want Carson. I love it. I mean, I, I, mean, I love it. It pisses me off what went down. It'll be like the most sad QB story ever if this is it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it sucks because my home screen is him and Nick Foles. Like, I mean, let me describe you this picture. And I think you know what picture I'm talking I know, about. Yeah, because I sat next to you in class. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I still have that as my home screen. And I haven't printed it out yet, and I haven't framed it yet, and I wanted to. But I, when I look at this picture, Drew, it, it, that th- this was the first picture I ever said to myself, and I said, wow. It's true what they say. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? Is that what they say? That's the saying. And that's what this picture to me, this was the first time I realized that quote is true. I mean, look at the picture. Carson Wentz is literally so happy for Nick Foles winning that Super Bowl. Carson Wentz could have been a dickhead then, but he wasn't. He was happy. His team won the Super Bowl. A guy, his backup, his replacement won the Super Bowl for his on his team. It was his squad. But look at Carson. He was such a good teammate. So happy that his team won the Super Bowl. He, but he wasn't, though. You don't think he was in that moment of that picture? No, no, no. I'm saying he could have been a dick, but he wasn't. Oh. That's what I'm going to say. He was truly happy. And, I, and I, at that point, I said, wow, this guy is going to be my guy. This guy... He's going to he's going to be here 40 years when he's 40 years old. Him and Bryce Harper are going to have their kids grow up together. Bryce has a kid. He has a boy named Crew. Carson has a daughter named Hazley or whatever her name is. Hagley. (laughs) It's a stupid name. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. I was like, oh, watch. They're going to they're going to get married. They're going to fuck. They're going to have a kid. It's going to be Carson Wentz as the grandpa and Bryce Harper as the other grandpa. And oh my God, like that's going to be one badass kid. That kid's going to get drafted by the Eagles. Oh my God. But anyway, <laughs> but that's the thing though, dude, like I, I will never get connected to another player ever again, ever, because I am so upset about how this turned out. So upset. It really taints the Super Bowl for me, Drew. Really? It taints it for me. Really? Yeah, it does. Because when I look back at it, the two guys, the two main guys of that Super Bowl are not here. Nick is gone. Carson is gone. Right? Doug Peterson, hopefully he stays. For, what, about, like dog. what about Jeffrey, Cox, Brandon oh, Graham, Alshon. Kelsey. He, he, threw, well, he threw Carson under the bus. Okay. I mean, dude, yeah, their defensive, I mean, yeah, he's a wide receiver. That's awesome. Yeah, he had a great game. That's awesome. Brandon Graham, I love Brandon Graham. But dude, that's the, the quarterback. He, Carson was my man, dude. I know I don't, Carson doesn't know I exist. Like it's weird. I, I I feel so connected. I honestly, dude, I am so admirable of Patriots fans, Colts fans, Packers fans. They had their franchise guy. They had a guy that they could look to and say, "That's my guy. That's my that's my quarterback." On third down, I have confidence in my guy. He's gonna fucking win me this game. He's gonna give me the chance. We're gonna, always gonna have a legit shot to win any game because this guy's under center. In 2017, I had that with Parson. I had that, and now it's gone. And did you know how much I love the Eagles, man? I, I love them a little too much. Dude, I, I know. I, I know. You, I mean, I know you as a personal person, and you have yeah. never spoken about a woman 
an aspiration or anything like that. And I know this because we've been talking on the podcast for weeks about this and you've repeated this several times and it's, it hurts. Like I can feel your pain when you explain that to me, you know, and Wentz and, and that Super Bowl and how, how his allure, his luster, his magic has kind of gone. And well, that's the thing is that if he, if that, this is it, and somehow he fizzles out, which I don't think so. I think he's still talented, deserves another chance somewhere, if even if it's not Philly. But if this is all it is and all we have is a highlight, all we have is the Super Bowl season and then, you know, you, you get some plays from other seasons, like the throw in Washington where he's running and he throws it in the corner, right? That, yeah, that's nice a little, Yeah, a nice little, like, pointer one. Obviously, he had some good throws even this season, I thought, were some impressive throws. Giants that throw to Boston, Boston Scott, Scott a wheel route. To win the game, that's a clutch throw, man. I mean, and you know, I've said it too. Carson Wentz is a talent, and he definitely didn't deserve this season, at least in my opinion. I don't think, even with Hurts, and you saw the significant improvement with Hurts, I just think, you know, Wentz is still talented, still able to do it. But that's rough, buddy. That's a very, that's a, that's a, that's a sad, it's a sad, sad soliloquy from you right there on, on, on Wentz. So you, you, so you, with your heart, you think Wentz is here next season. But it, but with sensical things, right? You think if if all goes according to plan, you think Hurts is the starter? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, football football terms, you have to start Hurts because he's on a really good deal. He's on, he's a rookie, right? He's got a rookie contract. You you need cap space. I mean, we saw what the Eagles did when they worked with Carson's rookie deal. They won a fucking Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can't the football terms. You have to start hurts. I mean, the team played a lot better with hurts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it seemed like Doug Peterson was like, "Oh my god, look at all these plays I could, I could call with hurts." <laughs> I mean, I, I I said this the other I said this the other night against the Washington football team. Car, I mean, yeah, Carson was a threat with his legs, but he didn't use his legs as effectively as Jalen Hurts does. I mean, dude, think about this, Jalen Hurts, he could. He's a th- he's a great threat in the red zone because he can run it and he's gonna power through motherfuckers to bulldoze in the end zone, right? Kind of like Dak in a way. Mm-hmm. And that dude, that's a great that's a great option to have. I mean, that's that makes it very tough for defenses. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles could just get a number one wide receiver to pair along with Jalen Hurts, watch out, man. Dallas Goddard's good. Miles Sanders is good. Just get a number one wide receiver. Get Jamar Chase in here. I think this offense can be really, really good. But Carson, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I've seen divorces and much better. Like literal, real life marriage divorce and a lot better than this. Man. I mean, he was. He was supposed to be the, the chosen one, the, yeah. the promised kid, definitely, in a, in a franchise which they've had quarterbacks that have scraped the surface of franchise-type level, but... Carson could have been that, you know, he could have been that Rogers, that Brady, that so on and so forth. I don't think he's going to get there, but yeah, I'm with you. I want him to get another shot as much as I've crapped on him over the years and hero ball from even when he came in the league, I still think he adds something to the NFL uh, that I want to watch on Sundays. So, I mean, that's it. That's all the questions I had for uh, you today. Wildcard weekend, uh, the coaching carousel, obviously, and then the Eagles off season. Any final words on Philly versus the world before we uh, transition, John? No, not nothing. No, no, man. I'm. Uh, I just. I'm just. I just hope for the best. 
<laughs> ending the podcast on quite a sad, somber note. All right. So, yeah. so here on Philly vs. the World, that's it for myself and John Eliano. We're going to take a little break and then transition over to previewing the wild card lines and player props with Chris Kofsky. So stay tuned on the other side of this break. But that's all for myself. Thanks for joining me today, John, and, and talking some sports with me. Go Birds. Yes, sir. Philly vs. the World, segment two out of two. Starting off the show, obviously, myself and John Eliano talking wildcard weekend, talking the, the head coaching carousel, the Eagles. But here I am, degenerate and producer at Sports Grid, Chris Kofsky, also the regular host of Philly vs. the World. Yes. But today, oh, how the turntables, because today I... I will be hosting Philly vs. the World. It's how the tables have turned. Yeah, but in the office, Michael Scott walks in. Oh, yes, He says, yes. oh, how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't finish. Okay. Um, yes. So a little shout out to, to my boy, M. Scott. Yeah, he, we know he listens to the pod. Yeah, all the time. Um, but Chris, not in your typical hosting position today. Today, I will be asking you questions the lens of a gambler as we got six wild card weekend games and and we're ready to lay units on all of them how you doing today fresh off some some sports grid work dude i'm 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 feeling great uh shout out to sports grid we're starting on series xm radio today big 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 for the company uh great uh also big day for the mets i'll make it quick drew because i know you hate baseball so much it's big it is big dude i almost cried i i literally just i'm so happy and like they made the big trade for Francisco Lindor and they get Carlos Carrasco and it's great. And I love the Mets so much. And Drew, before we get into it, I know we're gonna talk about the Jets later on. I can tell you, I'll tease you a little bit. I was talking to a few of my coworkers because one of the questions they had on our show was, is it okay to change your fandom? And for about a day and a half, Drew, I thought about maybe changing it from being a New York Jet fan. I really did. I'll get Where more into it about it later, but I, I thought about it and I felt like I had to tell you. Okay. I get off my chest. Okay, then we get, we definitely we we're, we're going to get into wild card weekend, and then definitely later in the show, and we're going to get into all all the Jets therapy that Chris needs. We know that this podcast is his outlet to let out the demons uh, about the Jets, and oh boy, the demons are going to be let out today. So yeah, let's get into it. But but first and foremost, man, this wild card weekend, six games, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. It's a brand new experience, right? Because we got an extra team. Mm-hmm. In each conference, that's right, not right. that that's not of the old. So we're gonna start off the 1 p.m. game, CBS, Colts and Bills. We got that Bills are the minus six and a half favorite, dropped a little bit from the minus seven. The over under is 51, and it's definitely one of the better matchups I'd oh, say yeah. of the day as far as you're looking at two teams that right. you know on the slate. These two teams are really good teams. I can see making a stab at the Super Bowl, but. Obviously, Buffalo, the big favorite with their offense, Chris. How do you feel about this game? Do you feel like Buffalo can cover the touchdown? Do you think Indianapolis defense 
plays a factor. What are you feeling? Well, for, first off, um, I got to say, I was definitely wrong about Josh Allen. Uh, I think everybody knows I kind of said, oh, he was not going to be great. He's made me eat my words. He's done a great job. You know, Brian Doble, Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott, they've really changed his game. And earlier in this season, I kind of bet against them because I was definitely biased and an angry Jet fan. Um, and I started supporting them more because I realized this is a good team. Earlier in the week, something part of, some part of me felt like the veteran quarterback with Phillip Rivers, with Frank Reich, who's had the experience with the Eagles, led him to his Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator. Maybe they could upset Josh Allen. How many times do we see a young, a young team firepower, right? We see it with Baltimore last year, right? They had the bottom, they get, they get bounced by, you know, Tennessee, right? We saw it with New Orleans last year. They get bumped by Minnesota. It's not the first time that's happened. Yeah. We see that happen. I, I just don't have the cojones to do it, man. I'm going to hit the prop market hard in this game. I already got a prop locked in. Stefan Diggs plus 115 anytime touchdown. I parlayed that in the nightcap with Ronald Jones anytime touchdown plus 102. I'm probably going to bet a lot of Props in this game. I think the game is going to go over. I think mm-hmm. Buffalo is going to score at least 30 points in this game, 28 to 30 points. I would say definitely at least 30. And I think Indianapolis respectively will score at least 23 to 27 points in this game. Brings us over the total of over 51. I think I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of that. Like I said, I think I like Josh Allen. I think I like him to score over two and a half touchdowns plus 116. I think he's going to do it, man. I, you know, they could run the football, but I don't know. I think he's going to pass it or better yet. I want to ask your opinion. Do I go with that or do I bet him plus 125 if you score at any time touchdown? You're saying, Josh, between yeah. between one, what is the other option? Over two and a half passing touchdowns plus 116. Uh, see, where, where does my money go better there, Drew? See, that's a You're really always, t- You always talk sense into me. Well, the thing is, is that Stefan Diggs is, is major for this team, right? And right. you mentioned him prior in your props. Right. His reception totals have been over all day. So I feel like I don't love Devin Singletary. I don't love Zach Moss, even necessarily at the goal line. So I I think those are both good. I think those almost cover one another in of themselves. You're bound to hit one or the other because I don't think Zach Moss or Devin Singletary are going to get two rushing touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? So either Josh is throwing for two to three touchdowns on their way to that 30 or he's rushing it in. I understand you're it's a dilemma, but they almost cover in of themselves. I'd be surprised if one of those doesn't hit. Right. Or maybe I just bet off bet at both of them. Right. I love to bet. Same game parlay, right. baby. Yeah. And, and and it's funny that you say that you think Josh Allen has a better chance because you're absolutely right. The market dictates that. One, plus 190 for Moss, plus 200 for Singletary to score any time touchdown. They're running so games. Clearly. It's clearly. Not great. Yeah. It's not great. But then yeah. you look at the other side of things, and this is why, you know, the Colts are so mis- mystique for us is that we've seen them play great games. They beat the Packers, right? That 34 right. 31 epic game earlier in the year. I love that game. Um, and the Colts, if they're able to utilize their great running game, unlike Buffalo to keep Buffalo's passing attack off the field, you know, how's that going to affect the total? I don't have a bunch of player props here because just like you, I'm bullish on this game. It's so tough for me to, on one hand to, to pick the underdog and against Buffalo. that's so hot. But on the other hand, it's hard for me to pick a touchdown spread against the Colts who have shown they're, they're a top dog in the AFC. So I like the Colts first quarter money line at mm-hmm. plus 188. That's just them to win straight up in the first quarter. I like Frank Reich and how he started games. He's been hot starting games this year. And this is one of those props where you're kind of taking a 50-50 gambling risk. Like you're, I'm basically betting on the Colts to win the coin toss and to receive or they they lose and, and Buffalo defers and you get the, the stuff all you first. need is three points. Yeah, all you need is three points. Literally, or two points. Slow down two Buffalo. Points. 
I just like the idea. I, I, I like the narrative of Indianapolis coming out yeah. strong and Buffalo coming out soft. I still would pick Buffalo with a gun to my head at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. But I, I like would, the I, I like the, the 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 Colts. You know, Frank Reich out, Coach McDermott to start he, off with. He, last thing before we move on, here's something that's good for on your side and my side because I think I'm definitely going to the total. But I would say if this game was late, I'd probably if I was a little you know few few brewskis deep, <laughs> I'd probably I'd probably you know maybe get a little frisky and bet the Colts. But it's too early in the day. I'm not, I'm not feeling that way. I'm working. No, no, but exactly. That's a great yeah. point. Favorite, favorite, definitely for what we're going for. You think the Colts, Colts are going to be able to move the ball. There's going to be points scored in this game. It's only going to be 34 degrees in, in, in orchard, orchard, in orchard park, New York for the Buffalo bills game, which they will have fans at. So it was mafia, baby. I yeah, expect it's to not going to be cold. I, I think there's going to be points scored, man. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Scored. Definitely. I will have to hope that there's points scored in the 1 p.m. slate, Chris, because it's not looking good for, for the 4.30 game. It's not looking <laughs> no. good at all. Um, once again, I'll, like, listen, this is what I told John in the earlier segment we were talking. I asked him, I said, just convince me that I even want to watch this game, dude. The Rams and the Seahawks, like <laughs> five, five, six weeks ago, Chris, you tell me Rams at Seahawks, that's like a game that that's must see television. Right now, in these past few weeks, you know your boy Jamal Adams, albeit has been stepping it up for I'm Seattle. He, he's been boy. stepping it up. That's oh, hey, hey, hey a, little, <laughs> a little disdainful to the X there. I hear, I hear a little disdain. <laughs> and the Rams, on the other hand, I mean, I don't think it really matters whether they got John Wolford or Jared Goff in there. I mean, both yeah. those guys to me are, are below average quarterbacks in this league. So I'll give you this. Rams, Seahawks, Chris. Seahawks are a minus three favorite at home, over under 42. What's the vibes here? What in this this gross game that just I'm, probably be an I'm offensive battle? I'm I'm wondering, is this is this minus three in the in the thoughts of John Walford's gonna play or Jared Goff's gonna play? Because it's I, I really think, they're they're not they're not sure. I think that that's yeah, that, like once again, Vegas is is right. dictating on because similar. I like Seattle. Any anyway, I'll just come out. Any way you shake it, I like Seattle. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I think playoff time, but they're bound to break out, man. I don't think the Rams are good. I was on them for a week and then they 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 that's when they lost to the Jets and I'm done with them. They're not a good team, especially Walford plays. Even if golf plays, I don't think they're going to be good. I just you know like. It's just a matter of is Seattle going to be conservative or are they going to let Russ cook again? Like, yeah, right. Like, because if I'm them, I'm trying. I'm trying to drop. I'm trying to drop a forty bomb on 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 this Rams defense. It's but, tough to do. I mean, Seattle trying- hasn't dropped more than like twenty in the past four weeks. Right. You know, and I'm I, exactly. I'm just trying to say like. This is a game where I'm like, you know what? We've played these team. We played this team twice already. It's been too competitive. This team is a fake team. The Rams are fake. We're Seattle. We're not a fake team. Let's blow them out in Seattle. Like they, I just, they have to do it. Oh, but I'm you're like, not calling them. Like you can't call the Rams complete. No, I know. Obviously they're rough, they but the defense. defense. It's 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 harder said than done for the defense to come out. But no, here's, I, but here's a good point here: is that is that. When you got a tandem like Lockett and Metcalf, right. and frankly, it's only looked like Metcalf is present for the past few weeks. Lockett, you know, at least compared to the beginning oh, of the season. Scored last week. I haven't Metcalf hasn't scored, I think, in the last two weeks. You can check me if I'm wrong. No, but I'm I know sure he least, hasn't. A lot of people have from that team haven't scored the right. past five I, I weeks. You know? last. It's, uh, and I, I don't know. I, it should be a situation. It seems that simple where if you just let Russ cook, it, it should get turned on. But once again, Chris, I, I, I feel like this isn't going to happen. I feel like this game is going to go under the 42-point spread. I, I like Seattle minus three. And my prop for this game is a funky prop, dude. 
I think this game's going to be messy and gross. John Wolford or Jared Goff is there. Either of them is a walking turnover. I like the Seattle defense slash special teams. Anytime TD for at plus four sixty, dude. dude. Like that's, that's a, that's a bet where you need a few brewskis in you plus to, to lay, to lay I'm down that plus six. I'm seeing plus six fifty on, on FanDuel. On FanDuel? Yeah. I'll take that. I Dude, am, this is a fast bet funny. number. So I knew a- where you were going right away when you introduced that. And I looked at my iPad. So I'm like, I know where he's <laughs> going. And I really like this. And, I, like and I don't even think I need to have a few brewskis in me. Like like a $5, like, yeah. a, like a small Dude, unit so, or whatever it may be. Because, 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 Dude, Walford threw a pick last week. Jared Goff's not going to be hundred percent. In all honesty, Seattle's defense has kind of carried them the last few weeks, which is so weird. In which earlier is, in the which beginning, is very they, weird. They yes. were a handicap to the yes. team for the first six weeks of the season. It's insane. Yeah. All right, last last two things before we move on to here. DK Metcalf not scored a touchdown since Week 14 against the Jets. Yikes! Right now, DK plus 150 on Fanduel, Tyler Lockett plus 180 on Fanduel to score anytime touchdown. Any of those guys, would you put your money on them? Yeah, I, I, I do like Metcalf to turn the corner. Like, I, I think Jalen Ramsey has been a, a, a focal point for a lot of, of people but and how he shadows. But I do think Metcalf has to break open, right? I do feel that type of tension and energy from a Super Bowl pedigree Seahawks team. They're, they do want to break out. I think Russ will want to cook. I, I don't know. Do you I, not like I've been, that? I've been thinking the same thing, but my wallet disagrees with me the last few weeks because all I've been doing is literally betting DK Metcalf to score. I bet him. I bet him against the Giants. He definitely he didn't score. I bet him against the Jets. He didn't score. I bet him against Washington. Didn't score. I bet him against the Rams. I can promise you, I definitely bet against him at least once against Jalen Ramsey. I'm not doing it again. I'm gonna go Tyler Lockett this time. Mm, I do like that. I like his odds a little bit yeah. better. So, I mean, like if you're listening, time. probably bet DK. <laughs> Fade Chris. All right, so we'll move on. Something much more interesting than this game. I mean, this is, in my opinion, the worst on the slate. Out of the six, I mean, I hope it's proven wrong because I like the NFC West. It's just it hasn't been good in the second half of the season. We're going to move on to the 815 game, a surprise 815 game hosted by the seven and nine Washington football team. NFC East champs after long last complaining about the NFC least all year. We finally have crowned our champion, the football team, Alex Smith, Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, the whole gang. They're playing Tampa Bay. It's a plus eight for the football team at home, minus eight for for the Bucks. Over under at forty five currently. Chris, should we give any respect to the NFC East champs in this matchup? Are you giving any any Dude. units, any props, any plays to the Washington football team, or are they they dead in the water as soon as they walk on that field on Sunday night or Saturday night? All right. So as you said, as you know, I said earlier, I'm I'm ready in on, on Ronald Jones' score touchdown. I'm definitely not betting any Washington. You know what I might do? Whoever plays quarterback, I'm going to wait in game and wait till halftime. I like to do this. And if they don't do it yet, I'm going to bet one of them throw an interception. I, I, I'm not, I maybe I'll bet Antonio Gibson to score, but dude, on Sunday night last week, I, I like Terry McLaurin. I bet his receiving yards instead of his receptions. Mm-hmm. I liked him to score. I'm like, oh, you know what? He's hurt. Let me go light on him. Bet Gibson. I, I can't hit with this Washington football team. Tell you what though. I'm, I don't like this eight. It's a funky number. I'll definitely take it Tampa is. Bay down to six. I love the over in this game. It's not going to be very cold there. And even if it does, Tom Brady's used to it. I don't know, man. Something, some part of me feels like Tom Brady is going to go out there 
and just disrespect the Washington football team defense. Really? Who's been very good this year. Who's been very good this year. And I think Tampa Bay has the chance of putting this over up by themselves. I don't think they're going to do it. Wow. But I think there's a possibility that they could put up 45 so, points. So you see a game like... But I'm definitely taking the over. You, so you see a game like Tampa Bay and Detroit, where Tampa Bay won 47-7 to earlier in the year, and that's kind of how you think the blueprint for this game will go? I could, I, I could see that, but I don't think it's going to necessarily happen. I'm saying yeah. that's a real possibility. Like I said, I'm not... I'm like like. I guess I'm kind of all over the place here because I could see that happening. But at the end of the day, I'm also saying eight is a weird number for me. So I'm just saying I like the over in, in the respect of if I'm looking at the over, I think Tampa Bay could do that. Mm-hmm. I'm betting the over either way. Cause I think Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay is going to put up 35 points. Okay. Maybe. So here's, here's a, here's just a, a few points for me is first and foremost, um, the bucks and their recent competition, right? They've been rolling. They've been right. rolling since they came off that tough spread. They played New Orleans, uh, L.A., and Kansas City in three out of four. Uh, and, and now they got Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, and Atlanta for the past four weeks. So Brady's been tearing up. He's got 390, right. 348, and 399 in the past three weeks. I think Tampa Bay is feeling a little more comfortable, right? Okay. And I don't think that the football team is on the level of Detroit, Atlanta, or Minnesota because they have a far better defense. That Agreed. being said, the football team's offense looks absolutely putrid. Right. Watching them last week against the Eagles, team, a, t- a, t- a team trying to tank, mind you, a team trying to, and, and, and who cares about that whole situation, but uh, a team actively trying to lose the game, the football team was barely able to put up enough points to clinch that division. So I think that Tampa Bay is eight points better than Washington. Mm-hmm. However, I think that Tampa Bay will run into a problem because they haven't faced a defense as good as this in, you know, six weeks, the Rams, maybe I'd say, or maybe, you know, New Orleans, like eight weeks ago. So when I look at this game, number one, Tampa Bay, I think is eight points better than Washington. If I'm laying on the spread, I'm laying on Tampa Bay. I like your idea of bringing it down to six, a more favorable number. Maybe you bring down the over to 43 Mm -hmm. and then, you know, you get your odds there. You parlay those. Sure get a better odds. But this is my end prop is that I think Brady is going to throw a pick in this game. Yeah. Uh, I like him to throw a pick. He He's, you know, been playing against softer defenses. He threw a pick even against Atlanta last week. I, I mean, that was a, that was a real high flyer type game. But however, I think that the football team is going to find the right recipe, which is putting pressure on Brady, not a mobile guy. He's going to probably rush one in the middle of the field. And I think the football team will get it. However, Chris, like I, I agree with you in the idea that this game could be like 35 to 10 yeah. final score. Right. And like, that's really what it might be. It might be a struggle for the first half, but the bucks are eight points better than the football team. So yeah. that's, that's what I'll close with. My, my, my last thing on it is I, I already got Ronald Jones score. I'm probably, it depends. I don't want to bet anything yet because Mike Evans, if he, if he plays and if he's healthy, maybe I'll bet him. Even if he's a decoy, we saw it week one, right. Or yeah. week two. Where he was a decoy, he literally caught a ball on the one yard line. But on well, that case, why don't you go with Godwin? Yeah, yeah. I, I last week I went with AB or, or AB. One. Yeah, I, got, nice I to last week. I want to wait and see. I know my I, the number might change, but I'll I'll wait and see. But I also kind of like I've been betting it the last few weeks, and this is where I'm a little nervous. But I can't I can't think like that. Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns plus one fifty eight. I could I could put a little little little, little sprinkle on that. No, it's not bad at all. He's thrown and, he's thrown eight in the past two weeks. And he's minus so. one, minus one ten to throw an interception. 
any over half. I like, I like that. Yeah. I like you know you do. You literally wait until the first drive. Like you think he's th- okay. Yeah. Well, if he throws a draw pick on the first drive of the game, like okay, yeah, that sucks. Sorry, but like mm-hmm. wait and you're getting a plus money out by the second just second drive. Mm-hmm. That is a good strategy. I like that. I like that. So I might wait it out. All right. So we're through the Saturday slate, which uh, I think is a little little less intriguing than the Sunday yeah. slate, which we're getting into, and it starts with a real banger, dude. Ravens Titans. Ravens are minus three and a half on the road at Tennessee over under at 54 and a half. I believe this game, obviously we know rematch of last year's and we, you mentioned it uh, earlier in the show, uh, a rematch of last year's uh, wild card game, Ravens and Titans. Obviously we had Lamar Jackson, unanimous MVP, you know, this, this new hot stud on the field. And then lo and behold, King Henry woo, woo, comes up Oof. and he, he, he took it up. They crushed him. I mean, let's just get it out of the way, Chris. Do you think that this is going to be a part two? You think Derrick Henry runs all over the Ravens or the Ravens who have won five in a row? Are they are they marching forward? Are we are we betting on the Ravens? Because this might be one of my like most locked up games as far as my picks go. What do you think? I'm really sad and scared a little bit that the Ravens are favorites because it's just like shit. Like everybody thinks the same thing that we're thinking. Yes. At the end of the day, who cares? I think they win this game. I'm not going to take the three and a half. It's going to be it's going to be a high scoring game. I'll take Baltimore on the money line. I'll probably mm. take the over fifty four and a half. Uh, if I could get, I don't know, man. I could just if I could get it to if it goes down like another one, three and a half. Weird number. I could see Baltimore winning by Justin Tucker field goal at the end. You know what I mean? I could also see Baltimore blowing Tennessee out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely sign me up for Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown. And Baltimore Ravens win. I bet him last week to score. He did not do it. Also, count me in Mark Andrews anytime touchdown. I think he scores <laughs> this week. I think there's a lot of points scored in this game. I think this is where you do your same game parlay and you bet like every one of your favorite players to score. You bet Lamar to score. You bet Andrews to score. You bet Henry to score. You bet AJ Brown to score. And you mm-hmm. bet the over in the game to 53. You put it all together and you have some fun with it to start your Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this game. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think Tennessee gets to revenge. I think Baltimore has literally looked like one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. I think mm-hmm. I think you could say them. Tampa Bay, we know they've played easy. You know, their schedule has been favorable. Both of them. Ravens have yeah. played favorable. Ravens. Well. But it's it's not yeah. – that doesn't yeah. matter, though, because yes. they, I agree that yes. it is the hotter team and, in the playoffs. And I was not impressed about how Tampa Bay beat Houston. I was not impressed of Tennessee's performance last week. I thought Houston yeah. would keep it close, and they did. I just think Baltimore's out for blood, man. Lamar looks Lamar Lamar looks really good. He looks back to his he looks back to his MVP form of last year, right? Yeah, yeah, he oh, does. definitely. He and does. I mean, well, first and foremost, you say Ravens on the money line. Ravens on the money line is minus one seventy seven. That ain't that ain't that ain't too bad, especially right. if you're you're all in on that. And I, I, you know, we're we're the same, right? We're we're thinking that mm-hmm. the Ravens are the hotter team. And to me, the one difference between this year's matchup and last year's is the Titans do not have the same defense, man. The right. Titans, their defense has been. Swiss cheese this whole year has been an automatic over and you're looking at a Ravens team that has just marched over bad defenses week in and week out leading up to these playoffs. I love it too. I love the idea of mashing together your favorite players. One of those players that I'm going to throw in there if if I'm doing the same gamer is JK Dobbins. His yeah. over is set at 61 and a half and he is I mean I see him every single time that I see Ravens yeah, highlights, great. I see Ravens yes. games. He is running everywhere. He's run he's gone over this 61 and a half five out of the last six games that they've played. And the other game was like 53 yards against the Browns. So 
I'm giving him that. That's my lock. And I think Ravens minus three and a half. I know that's a weird number, Chris. It was minus three earlier in the week, which would have been, you know, really. Oh, it's juicy. actually down to three now. It's, it's down to three now. Down. Yeah. It's down to three right now. Where are you seeing that? FanDuel? FanDuel's got so, it down to so minus DK, three. DK DraftKings still has it at minus three and a half. Um, but it's definitely like teetering, like the Titans plus three and a half yeah. is minus 118. So you can tell that the odds may shift back and forth, but that's the one thing to consider here. That's the one thing to consider is that most people are thinking like how we're thinking. The Ravens are hot. The Titans defense is bad. And then, you know, that was the case last season. Like that's what people were thinking going on the Ravens. And then the Titans come out, they show out. But I think the big difference this season, this year is that the Titans defense will not be able to hold the Ravens yep. to 12 no. points like they no. did last time. No. And so. and la- last two that I might hit, I like Lamar maybe over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus one twelve. Going back to the interception prop, I'll bet Ryan Tannehill. I don't. There's no odds right now. I'll check out the odds for Ryan Tannehill to throw an interception in that game. That's probably not. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. There's going to be they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. You could even if if you could even say Lamar might throw an interception. It, I think I think game flow will be there. Going to be a lot of balls thrown in this game. Plus, I know we're going to get into the next game. But I'll probably not bet anything on this next game that we're talking. Oh boy! All right, um, real quick before we move on, Ryan Tannehill over 0.5 interceptions is plus 102. Oh yeah, on that's game. great. So that, that's that's nice. on. Yeah, I'll take that. That's Absolutely. really juicy. I All found right, that so in Green Bay, and you, you did it. Oh yeah. All right, so next game, and as Chris has forementioned, he's staying away a little bit scared. This is another clunker, man. The NFC this season has not been as high quality. That seven-team format has left kind of some frauds in the mix. But I don't know. I don't know what Matt Nagy and, and Mitch Trubisky have up their sleeve. The Bears are plus 10 against New Orleans at the uh, the Saints home, the, the, the Superdome. And man, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you here. The over-under in, in this game is, fifth, is uh, 47 and a half. Obviously, New Orleans is the minus 10 favorite. That's a big number to lay in a playoff game. Do you think that we're getting the Saints of old? Or... Do you think that you like the angle of Chicago being the next team to kind of screw the Saints, right? We've seen the Saints in this position, big time favorite, you know, a lot on riding, you know, one of the big Super Bowl dogs, and then they give it up. They they fluke it. They blow it. They're the, you know, they're blowing it in the playoffs every year. And then you look at the Bears, they got nothing to lose, man. They got nothing to lose, Chris. What do you think? I just I don't like this game at all. I I don't I don't think the Saints lose this game. I think they win. I don't think they cover ten. It's just it's just such it's just going to be sloppy. I want no part of it. I don't know which way it's going to go. Like you said, I could see. Are we going to? Is New Orleans going to come out here and dominate them? Are they going to smash Chicago in the mouth? Is Chicago, like you said, going to be the next team to upset New Orleans? Is it going to be a sloppy close game? Like I don't know. I want no part of it. The only thing I want part of, it's not up there yet. Michael Thomas, anytime touchdown. Dude has not scored a touchdown in seven games he played. They put him on IR to get healthy. I think he scores in this game. That is the only bet mm. I want right now in this game. That's yeah, it. He is, I, he I, I think the quiet. Saints win, but I'm not taking 10 points. And I don't want to, I don't want to take the Bears plus 10. I know. He, oh, dude, he's been quiet. Michael Thomas picked yeah. him for my fantasy. Me he too. screwed me. Michael me Thomas. First TD is plus 650. Michael Thomas, any time TD is plus 100 on yeah. draft things right now. So that's I, not bad. I, I'm literally, I'm, I don't see it on FanDuel, uh, so I might I, go DraftKings on it. I have another, I have another prop from the Saints, the anytime mm-hmm. scores. I got Taysom Hill to score. I'm honestly surprised that maybe you didn't toss him in there. What do you think? I, I kind of like the idea of Sean Payton being clever. Maybe they're on the eight yard line or something. And, uh, and Taysom gets some blocks. And I, like I like it. I like it. I like it. 
I it's bet plus him, 225, so, I mean, it's better odds yeah, than what we're talking about. I bet him last week. I bet him last week, so I'm like, you know, uh, I'm a little I'm a little bullish, yeah. you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got it last week. Uh, you know, obviously, he had no running backs in there, so it was Ty Montgomery, so I felt that. But, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm a little bullish to go back to the well. But it, for the odds, I would do it. Like, like I like he's always a fun guy to put props on for for a touchdown mm-hmm. or another guy. If he doesn't score by the first half, dude, probably like his odds would be plus like 400 to score by halftime. Yeah, right. right. And, score. and then you're at it. Up. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I this, just, is, this is this is it's a weird game. Yeah, it's, a I, stink- it's, a, it's the worst game on the slate, in my opinion. On uh-huh. both it's both. a stinky. It's a stinky, stinky game. It might be one of those. If it's an emotional Ravens Titans game, maybe you take a little break. You know, you don't right. watch the first half of this. See how it goes. Yeah. And then live bet. But. And then we have a night game. We have a night game, an AFC North battle, back-to-back weeks. Browns and Steelers, one of the great rivalries in the sport itself. Chris, Cleveland has been hit with the COVID bug. Even head coach Kevin Stefanski, you know, uh, a lot of guys uh, getting announced as out. It's not the first time for the Browns. Cleveland is plus six at Pittsburgh. Eh, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I like Pittsburgh plus here. five and a half now on FanDuel. Really? Plus five and a half now. So it's been teetering between those two lines. Right. I, I don't really love the spread here. It, it's an odd in between number. I don't have any faith in the Browns though. If I'm really? drilling anything, I got Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Which, My prop right now that I have is, is Pittsburgh to score first and win at plus plus one ten. That's a funny one, but yeah. I, I like the odds on it, how it's plus odds. But I'd be interested to hear your take on this. It's an AFC North battle. Got Baker in his first playoff game. What goes down? I mean, it's a storied rivalry. Anything can happen. I know. Dude, early, right off the bat, before this whole COVID situation, I was I'm ready. I was ready to back the Browns. Not even with the spread, money as dogs. I was ready for them. They were gonna do it. After all the news broke, I know Joe Joe Ben and Tony, you know, their Pro Bowl guard's gonna be out. All right, let's let's talk about this. Is Stefanski really not going to be calling any plays? Like, <laughs> I know he's not going to physically be doing it, but you're telling me that Kevin Stefanski right now is not sitting at his house drawing up a script, right? Yeah. And saying to Alex Van Pelt, the play caller, here are the here is you know the script of the game call we want. Here are some plays, right? And it's kind of their lucky, but it's like you know with the Lions situation. I don't believe it was our offensive coordinator who got to call the plays. I forgot mm-hmm. who it was. At least it's their offensive coordinator who's calling the plays. A guy who's been in the room with Kevin, side by yeah. side with Kevin Stefanski. I heard someone say it the other day. Um, is they made a good point? Was how do we know that Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt was not calling any plays to begin with? Yeah, you know what I mean. I saw something that says that the plan was he was supposed to call some during spring, you know, preseason that never happened. I don't know, man. Part of me just feels like if I liked Cleveland to begin with, you know, what the line started at what? I, I think it was like plus three, right? It, did that start at that? I when I hopped on the book, it was like plus five or something of that nature. So, right. I, but that well, wasn't I was at the beginning of the Stefanski, week. I think I think it was only you know it, it was only like a it might have been a two and a half three point swing maybe. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if I like Cleveland to win, they didn't lose Baker. They didn't lose Jarvis. They didn't lose Chubb. Okay, they lost Joe Antonio. They didn't, you know, I don't know, man. Like I said, like I said, and and you know what? The only thing that really scares me is they haven't been able to practice. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the more I think about it, I don't, I'm not worried about Stefanski. I mean, obviously he wants Stefanski to be there. I still think he's going to have his heavy hand 
and calling the plays. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I'm totally opposite with you. I think I'm going with a. I'm going. I'm going with a Browns prop here. I want your opinion. Plus two twenty. Plus two twenty. Both these guys hunt Landry. I went Landry last week. He rushed one in. I was ready to explode. I thought he was. In, they were going to give it to him. They did. I think I'm going to go Kareem Hunt in this game. Also, I don't see it yet. But if I can get Baker Mayfield over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus money, I'll take that. Mm, and I would at, I would sooner take Baker Mayfield over one point five picks at that rate. I mean, you're going to get major plus money for multiple picks from him. Here's the thing. Here's what I think is I think that. <laughs> Nice. I think that I think that Stefanski is the glue that holds all this thing together. He's done a great job of getting Baker out of the pocket. Right. Baker looks so much more comfortable when he's not in the pocket, just panicking. He's out there making his moves oh, in open space and all that. And I, you know, obviously you make a great point. You know, the head coach being absent doesn't mean the head coach's game plan and initiative doesn't disappear. But I do think I truly believe that Baker Mayfield is a wolf in sheep's clothing. That right now he's benefiting off an incredible coach and that especially mentioning Joe Bentonio being out, Baker's going to face a lot more pressure from the Steelers defense. Yeah. And I think, I think part of your bias here, part of your pick for the Browns has to do with the fact that the Steelers have not looked very impressive Absolutely. over Absolutely. the past few weeks. Yes. I, and I don't know how fur, how much further they'll go than this game, but I have enough faith in them to beat the Browns. I mean, the Browns could barely beat Mason Rudolph and the backup Steelers last week. They're a two-point two point conversion away from tying up that game hey, going but, to OT. But, but let's be realistic. That Steelers offense looked a little bit better than Big Ben has looked yeah. at multiple times this year. In all honesty, and Big Ben even admitted it. He said, he said, he even said, hey, I would be okay with Josh Jobs running some wildcat. He says, Mason Rudolph looked pretty good the other day. Like, dude, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just a weird situation. And you know what? How about this? I'll play devil's advocate. What if Baker now is fired up? He says, all right, Ooh. that's what everybody's saying. No Stefanski in the building. They think I'm going to go back to old Baker. Guess what? I'm going to do it for my boy Stefanski. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to do it for more progressive commercials. And I'm going to win. <laughs> and I'm going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers back-to-back weeks. And I wonder. That would be insane. Hot, hot take before we move on. I know we got a lot, We got a few more things to talk about. We only got a short amount of time. Hot take before we go. If the Steelers lose this game, is this Big Ben's, la- is this Big Ben's last game as a Steeler? Or in the NFL? Oh man, I'm gonna go with yes. Yes, I agree. We agree. I agree. agree. I agree. That I man agree. looks tired, and yeah. I mean, if I could boot him out the NFL myself, I would. I'll drive him He's to the, the airport. He can go to the. And Bahamas. dude, Rivers is done. Rivers says I'm going. We're yeah. going back to India. I'm done. Eli, Eli, dude, we're getting old. Eli retired last year. Yeah. Brady's <laughs> the last good. one. Brady's, and then Rogers. Yeah. Well, Breeze might be done too. I mean, this is an yeah. era, man. This yeah. is an era. All right, well, uh, real quick, we want to get into the Jets where we go through all six games real quick, though, before we get into the Jets fan therapy session. I want to talk AFC and NFC odds. Who's going to go where? Right now, Chris, I have a really nice bet. Barstool Sportsbook boosted the Packers and the Saints, or not the Packers, the Packers and the Chiefs to meet in the Super Bowl from plus 386 to plus 550. That's, that's I mean, I, I was I was pretty thrilled with that. Um, that's like a hundred dollars to win, uh, five fifty. So, I mean, I, I like those odds, but I want to hear who you think I got. I got some of the top favorites here. The AFC champs, Kansas city is minus minus one fifteen. Buffalo's plus three fifty, And then you look at the NFC, there's plus plus one forty for green Bay plus two seventy for new Orleans. I got the other, the other couple odds there, but I, I'd be interested. What do you think? Do you think there's some good odds or, or, or are you rock and chalk? 
who do you think makes it to the Super Bowl and what's the best, you know, value gambling wise? Well, what if I told you earlier in this year, I had an Aaron Rodgers to an MVP ticket, but I cashed it out because I wanted more money to bet on more things. I would say that is very unfortunate. Chris. Yes, it is. And I had one kept in my slip. Did you Dak cash Prescott. out for pro- Did you cash out for profit? No. Oh no, that hurts. That hurts. And you had the Dak one. I remember you told yeah, me. Yeah, I got the Dak and, hey, one. That's a good bet if he doesn't get hurt. Obviously, right. and they should that. give it to him just to be nice, but they won't. <laughs> I should get my money back for that. To be fair, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, man, I don't know. I'm I'm a big Chiefs guy. I I'm not bet anything there though. It's super chalky, minus one fifteen. I think they do make it though, but <clears throat> I'm not laying I'm not laying anything yeah. with, with with not plus money. And then the NFC, I thought about it like a few weeks ago, but I couldn't figure out who I want to do it. And now I'm looking at these odds, and we're still not sure. And maybe and maybe I'll what I'll do is I'll sprinkle it this way. But I do like the Bucks and the Seahawks as two teams uh, with longer odds to to win it. So maybe what I'll do is. I'll bet both of those teams to be with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And either way, if I hit one of them, I'll I'll, I'll make profit on it. But I, I can't pick one of those with the odds. Like I like Seattle plus 16, 600, but I like both of them. So that that's that's probably what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of in between it, but now as we're talking about it and you're telling me about your bets, kind of thinking that that's what I should do just to make myself. Because at the end of the day, I think realistically, I, I kind of like those matchups and I mean, sure, Green Bay is super chalky. I think that's what it's going to be, but I'm yeah. not going to bet it. I know you did, but I like to get a little. I get. A, I like to get a little frisky. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, definitely. I, I think most of the time, rock and chalk <laughs> in the NFL playoffs can be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything can really Talk happen. I'm, de- I'm definitely getting frisky this weekend, especially like, in the wild card weekend, because that's where things can really open up. But we want to move on, Chris. We want to. We want to. You know, we talked about the winners. We talked about you know the big dogs of the NFL. Now it's time to move on. We're going to get into the Jets, everyone's favorite part of the show where Chris loses his mind on whatever dinky bullshit the Jets have have pulled recently. And I I mean, brighter days are ahead for the franchise, not the first overall pick, not Trevor Lawrence, Chris, but Adam Gase has been fired, has been uh, cut from the team uh, as of, you know, this week. And I mean, you got a few head coaching candidates out there. So prior in the show, me and John talked about our favorite head coaching matchups. And he said that one of his best matches was Doug Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator to the Jets. And I know you've discussed this briefly with him in the chat, but I wanted to start the conversation there. What do you think of, of Martindale as a candidate? And what do you think about, you know, not him, someone else who's kind of your, your dream boat guy that you want into to revamp the franchise. As, as, as John said, Martindale, I kind of liked it, but they haven't reached out to him and reached out to any of the Baltimore guys, Roman or him. Today they reached out and they requested Robert Sala, Salia from Salia from uh, San Francisco. Like that, uh, I think he's a good. I think he'd be a good coach. The Jets are looking for a CEO type culture change guy. Mm-hmm. I like Sala. Marvin Lewis is a is a strange name they liked. Uh, I kind of like him as a, a coordinator. I've talked to some friends, you know, mm. Sam Newman, you know, you know, Jeff Fan, notable from WHIP. We talked about it. Like Marvin Lewis is like a good coordinator to have. You know what I mean? Like, but not be, necessarily like, a head yeah, guy. Like, like, like he'd be great to have if you get the enemy, get a veteran offensive yeah. coordinator. And then another guy is Aaron Glenn. They interviewed today, who was a longtime former Jet. They drafted him in the first round. I had to ask my dad. He like, yeah, he was a good player. It's like a little bit before my time, like 2001, but he's a defensive back coach for the Saints. And he's a guy who apparently has been getting a lot of steam for a head coaching job. But 
I'll tell you, man, my, my, my two, I, give me B enemy. Like, I just feel like he's ready. I feel like we, we swung and missed and we went with Gates last time. And I know, you know, you know, I've talked and we said like, listen, like maybe he wouldn't be a great coach. Right. But like, man, give me B enemy. Give me a veteran OC to pair with B enemy, like a kind of an Andy Reed father figure, but reverse. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, well, like, that's yeah. Still, hey, like, that's what they did in like, New York. Like a Marvin right? Lewis. With right? New like, York, they got Joe Judge, right? and then Jason Garrett is sure. the offensive Anthony, coordinator, right? You know, Anthony Lynn, right? I mean, who, who are their guys? Like, you know, or Dan Quinn as a DC, right? Yeah. Something they they need a strong veteran presence on both sides on one part. And the same thing would be with a guy who they haven't requested yet, but I still want them to interview Joe Brady. I would say the I same know. thing with him. Reverse roles, mm-hmm. get it like that. Uh, now, if you get like Robert, Sa- like you know, Sala, I want uh, another. Ex- I want to experience OC with him. You know what I mean? I let him call the DC. The Jets have always kind of had success with that. Let him bring it in. You know, but like Aaron Glenn, he could be a guy. Maybe the Jets don't bring him in as a head coach, but maybe a DC. He's a defensive back coach for for yeah. New Orleans. Maybe he comes back to the Jets. He used to be a scout with them. Maybe he becomes their DC. The Jets have a lot of good options. I'll tell you that right now. There, mm-hmm. there's not, there's not one terrible option I see in there. Maybe the one I don't love the most is Arthur Smith. Yeah, and, I was going to ask you about him. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, you just, yeah, like, I don't think they're going to go with him, but he's like the one guy maybe I'm a little, a little, a little worried about. Mm-hmm. I think it's because everybody on Twitter looks like Adam Gaze and he does. And like, I think the narrative is like, once again, it's like Gates is li- if you hire him, I feel like it's like Gates is living rent free in your head, right? Because then what's the, the reason ghost why you hire your franchise? Oh, because he's flipped Gates' team around. So what do you do? Like he helped t- turn Tannehill. He helped, right? Like so, what do yeah. you do? You hire him to flip your team around? Like no, that's exactly what you've been doing. You always mm-hmm. just bring in someone who fixes the other person's mess, and then they get to bring, like it's a long going effect. Don't do it. Like you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm there. Like I said, there's not really been one guy that I'm like ah. I wish they didn't bring him in. Like, like Marvin Lewis is like, I like it, but I don't want him to be the head coach. I don't uh-huh. like, I know. And like, I just it's think it's like a repeat. Like you're, you yeah, got Marvin like, Lewis from the Bengals and it's like, yeah, what exactly. you pull him from one crappy franchise to right. another, like to head what that it's like, bring him on as a coordinator. I am all for that. Like that would be great. Bring him on as an offensive coordinator. That would be, that'd be awesome. But mm-hmm. I don't know really right now. I'd say my favorites are probably our, our enemy and Robert Sala. Uh, yeah, I would love for them to interview Wink, Greg Roman, Joe Brady. Uh, another name who I don't think he's going to end up coming because like, there's no way Buffalo is going to let him interview with us is Brian Doble, uh, OC Dabble from from uh, Buffalo. I don't think there's any way Buffalo lets him go to the Jets, but that's mm-hmm. another guy. I don't oh. know, man. Like, like I said, last time there was definitely some coaches where I was like, oh, Gates right off the bat. Oh. McCarthy, like, like I would be pissed if the Jets brought in Garrett. Like, I think what the Chargers are doing are yeah. like, is a little crazy. And like, I'm not saying Jason Garrett doesn't eventually deserve to be a next coach, but like, that's not like I just feel like at that point, why would you get rid of it? Like, if you're going to kick out Anthony Lynn, you bring in a young guy, right? Like, you bring exactly. in someone relatable to to Justin Herbert, right? Like, you don't bring in Jason Garrett. Like at that point, you're just like you're an idiot. They would well, be. Yeah. Idiot. Well, in my impression of that situation, it's specifically centered around Dak and Dak's development and that Jason was there for Dak's development and left Dak as a better quarterback than than when he was brought in. But but you definitely have a high list of candidates. I agree with you with where there's not many, you know, scarring candidates. There's pretty much a top dog in the enemy and then everybody else is like 
you know, here and there. There's Matt Eberfluss, you know, they're Yeah, Brent that's the one that's Staley. a more name that's like kind of boring. They're they're floating around there, right? Yeah. It's kind of like you're picking a, a, a coordinator from a right. side of the ball of a team that's really good in hopes. And that's the same thing with Salah. I like Salah's fit in New York. I like his fit maybe even in Detroit. Right. He's the type of guy. His energy could exactly. really it's he, like you you have Gase who's this like flat kind of like the dude and then you flip it over to this really impassioned like energy type okay. guy God. and that you hope to go need. the opposite. That's yeah. Need. That's exactly. And exactly. and John made a great point. He that's what Wink brings to. Like I said mm-hmm. they they said it's going to be a very long process and that's yeah. great. You know what I mean? Take yeah. your time. You know, I, I think a lot of these teams are taking their time. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. A lot of these yeah. teams, you know, they have a lot riding, right? Like Jacksonville, they have all this draft capital. They need to hit this on this draft coach. Oh yeah, I'm Houston, late. Yeah, Houston, they have Deshaun Watson. They need to hit on it. Atlanta, they need to rebuild or figure out what they're doing. They need to hit on theirs. Like every single head coaching job, the team needs to hit on it. So I don't think anybody's gonna be too much in a rush to hire someone unless they're like, oh my god, like mm-hmm. we want this guy. And I think, I think the first domino to fall is gonna be Joe Brady. In okay. my opinion, I think I think someone's gonna sign him. Okay, that's gonna well, be. Well, well, speaking of the Jaguars, speaking of draft capital, that's another thing I wanted to go over in this this Jets review with you, because obviously, you know, the Jets are in line for a head coach. They're going to get one. It's probably going to be more positive than the Gase signing was because it's hard to be that terrible of a, of a head coaching signing. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you about the draft. Obviously, the first, you know, 10, 11 weeks of the season was dominated by tank for Trevor. Uh, the Jets, you know, seemed inevitably destined to get there and then. No, instead they decide to win two games in a row against two playoff teams, albeit not not teams that are tanking, not bad teams, Chris, not backup quarterbacks, teams that are in the playoffs right now. The Jets beat on back to back weeks. So now they're slotted in the second overall pick. Right. And Jaguars and first expected to select Trevor Lawrence. My opinion on this is that Penny Sewell does more for your team than Justin Fields in the short term and the long term, in my opinion, but you might feel differently. Yep. I, I, I'll defer to you first and hear what you got to say. <laughs> the draft, you're you're on the clock. The Jaguars have selected Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are on the clock. Dude, who, it's, are you, who are you picking on draft night? Uh, first off, I'm I'm all about Justin Fields. I, I thought he was a good quarterback last year. Uh, like, and I'm not just saying this. Oh, because he blew up in the championship game against Clemson. No, I thought he was a good quarterback last year. Yeah. I always thought he was you're on the record. You're on the record saying that. Yeah. If you know, they've been head to head their whole time. They're both number one and number two recruits coming out at the same time. Fields originally, originally committed to Georgia, obviously Lawrence and Clemson. Hey, Ohio state, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he could also match just Trevor Lawrence for, for national championships. They both have the same amount of Heisman's zero. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, at the end of the day, these two have been neck to neck. What I don't want is Zach Wilson. And I may, I know I'm in the majority, I'm in the minority in here, but I just, maybe it's really? just me being, yeah. You're in the minority? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't draft Jeff Will or Zach Wilson at the second overall a lot, pick. A lot of Jeff fans want Zach Wilson. Really? Because they call him the quote unquote Mah- uh, Mormon Mahomes. <laughs> and that's exactly why the Jets suck. Because this is what they do, Drew. What are they going to do? They're going to go, oh, wow, you know what we messed up on? We didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. There's reports about them wanting to do it. They didn't do it. Mike McGagan is an idiot. They didn't do it. So, what? Oh, hey, 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 we missed out on him. Let's, let's, let's get the Mormon Mahomes. That's, hey, 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 let's get the Mormon Mahomes. Let's, let's make up for that. Yeah. Okay. Instead of taking the better talent, Justin Fields, who's been notable to be a better quarterback, like, like okay, oh, Ohio State doesn't produce quarterbacks. Like, I don't buy that. And then guess what? I want to say is, 
with the BYU produces quarterbacks, right? Like, come on, like take the better talent. Justin Fields is the better player, in my opinion. I mean, Penny Sewell, dude, Daniel Jeremiah doesn't have a net rate as a as his number one offensive tackle. You know that? Mm. Listen to something. Daniel Jeremiah says Penny Sewell is not his number one rated tackle. Uh, I mean, whoopee do for Daniel <laughs> Jeremiah. I seen that dude's like measurements. Like I didn't have to watch a right. single snap of him. I just looked him up and I said, when the Cowboys, I, don't know, thinking, I was like, I wow, just, it's I, Tyron listen, Smith part two. Listen, He's literally a cyborg. Listen, if at this point and they need to do it and, and Joe Douglas is t- and Joe Douglas's tone of him coming out and saying, we, the new head coach will have something to do with it. Not dude. Something tells me with two first round picks, a head coach is going to come in. They're going to want to take their quarterback. I mm. think it's just the right thing to do. I think Justin Fields could do a lot of different things. You know, what his, you know what his comparison yeah. was I saw? Dak Prescott. Really? I like that. Like That's, well, so, that, that's what I want, dude. Can that's, you give me yeah. some insight into, into, let's say you pick Justin Fields second overall. What does the Jets offense look like next season? Because part of my skepticism with Fields being slotted in there is, I, I don't know if your offense, I mean, is he a Dak? Is he a Dak? Or is he a Lamar or is he a Kyler? Like there's kind of a spectrum here. So how does your offense look next season with Justin Fields under center? Obviously you have other drafted positions, but the offense still isn't anything crazy. Like, is he going to improve you that significantly? I mean, dude, it's not, it, here's the thing, Drew. It's not, it's, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if they keep Sam Darnold, it's going to be a work in progress. You know what I mean? Like they basically, they basically got to start from scratch again from Sam Darnold because Adam Gates Ruin his, I don't his, like that. I like I like keeping him under center and then picking people no, around. I'm him. saying, Drew. No matter what, they have to restart with everything with him. His confidence is gone. The way he plays his game is gone because the way Adam Gates did to like the way Adam Gates turned him into a quarterback. He he, he like short plays everything. His confidence is gone. You see it in his play. That energetic kid, the SoCal kid that we drafted, it's not there anymore. He looks like he's not having fun. The poor kid apologized for letting Adam Gates down. Don't apologize to that asshole. You did nothing. You did nothing. He freaking let you down. He let this whole freaking organization down. He's a joke. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just like, I feel bad for Sam Donald. Like, why are you saying that, bro? Like, you didn't let him down. He let you down because he's a terrible head coach and he got a job off a bullish a bullish thing for Peyton Manning as an offensive guru. And guess what? I don't buy anything of Christopher Johnson. Guess what? Yeah, he's an idiot. He literally said, oh, oh, I'll never trust anything Christopher Johnson says again. He he like I he lost all trust in me. Like mm. for him to sit up there and say that this is an offensive guru, like, yeah, okay. What are uh, you gonna say? I mean, plenty of times has there been a hire or a draft pick or a trade. Just say this the- guy's a good coach. That's it. Just I mean, Magic clean. Johnson drafted Lonzo Ball and literally said, "This is the next Magic Johnson." Guess where Magic jo- or guess where Lonzo Ball is? And Magic Johnson, neither of them are in the Lakers anymore. Like, like when you get a guy or you yeah, get whatever, I, of course I, you're gonna that say, "Bother me as much." You're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna hire, you know, Adam Gase and be like, "Yeah, this guy is like okay. We're probably gonna go seven and nine. Like, <laughs> like no, you're gonna be like, "This guy is gonna." You obviously believe that. No, you know what you should have said? You should have said. In all honesty, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is a hire by Ian. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. And that. And that's it. But I don't know, man. At the end of the day, like he, I I I think a lot of what the Jets want to do, and I'll wrap it up, is I think they're I think a coach is more attractive to that spot, in my opinion, because of the fact they own the number two pick and can go for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. If that's what they want to do, fine. And 
Do you know your team's uh, cap space situation for they're the like, they're, they're, they're top three in the league. I'm top three, yeah. Okay, and, so and, and, and one thing is, you know, they should 100% be in on Allen Robinson. And if they do end up yeah. keeping Sam Darnold, if that's the route they want to go in, you 100% go all in on Juju Smith-Schuster because he already came out and said that he loved playing with Sam Darnold. I think Juju has the ability to be a good receiver. You go out and get him. You go either way, but you got to walk away with one of those, those two guys. Like yes. Allen Robinson... If you can line up Allen Robinson on one side and Denzel Mims on the other side, and if you keep and you keep Crowder, like that's a, that's that, those are good three receivers for mm-hmm. a guy, a young for a young quarterback in Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I'm hoping it's Fields. That's a good quarterback to help develop. But at the end of the day, it doesn't. I feel like truly, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it depends on who the coach is. The Jets keep Darnold, or if the Jets rebuild with a new quarterback, it will still take them the same amount of time to be a competitive team okay. or, to, or to be a playoff team, in, in my opinion. Okay. It, That's, but, I, but I buy into that theory as, as yeah. to why you're pushing for the new QB. And, and a note on Allen Robinson, a guy that succeeds no matter who's under center. I mean, yeah. he's dealt with Trubisky and Foles and Chase Daniel and, and everything Blake in between. Portals. <laughs> yeah, and he has been... I mean, he has been a, a strong soldier, so I love yeah. Allen Robinson. I love him yeah. a move for the Jets, but hey... Here the Jets are, you know, no Adam Gase, but the second overall pick, you know, the whole two first world, round picks, the whole offseason in front of them. So, yeah. I mean, as usual on this show, we'll continue to. Well, allow before this. we wrap up, Drew, last thing before we go, who do you think will be the Jets new coach by the end of this time? Oh, man, the Jets new head coach. Um, I will say John really was selling me on Doug Martindale, but that kind of seemed more like a John pick, like he had liked Martindale. And I don't know yeah. if the Jets enjoy him as much. I think they, they, haven't, they haven't requested him yet. Yeah, so I think the Jets, I, I, I want to say Bienemy because he's been the only interview thus far, and I, I don't know enough, and I think that I think that they're they're going to try to get their guy. It's going to be up to him, though, to say yes or no. I think the Jets just want it. That's my best guess. I don't really have an inside intel. Who's your pick before we go? Uh, honestly, I thought it might be Bienemy, but bringing Robert Sala into the mix, like I, I really think it might be one of those two guys. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, maybe something about the bald head and the energy they bring, but like that's like something. And maybe it's because Joe Douglas is bald, and he's just like, oh, he said he wants to be like <laughs> work very closely with them. Like, maybe it's that. Maybe I'm like, oh, the bald effect. Like, I don't know. like that's, that's <laughs> the Mister Clean effect. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like those those two guys just seem like guys that would bring the energy to what the Jets want. Arthur Smith seems like a plain guy. Uh, same thing with, you know, uh, the DC from Indianapolis, uh, Joe Brady. I, I would love for them to hire them. And, and, and John's pick of wink. It is a John thing, but I, I did some research on it that he does fit what the jets want to do. They want to bring in a CEO type of head coach. Yeah. Wink, culture, wink, culture, wink, culture. wink Martindale has that. And, you know, John was mentioning guys that he would potentially on the staff, Tony Elliott from uh, Clemson. Like it's a very impressive staff, but, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen any team so far even request him for an interview. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Or, or Greg Roman for that mm-hmm. fact. No, definitely a lot more uh, openings to be have, you yeah. know, as of recording this Black Monday is only three days behind us. So it'll continue to develop and we'll, we'll report on it in Philly versus the world. We'll keep uh, allowing Chris to release his demons in the jet therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you joining me. Uh, for Thanks, man. Segment. Let's make some money this weekend. I hope Absolutely. So. Going to come out with much more units. Uh, but that's all the time we have today on the, the double-segmented mega episode of Philly vs. the World. Thanks for joining us. For myself, John Fregoliano, and Chris Kofsky, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back with you very soon for more NFL coverage.